game I like to play. I like to play it most every day. Sometimes I play it fast and loose. I can even bluff with a seven deuce. Don't get uptight when I see that light. It's just the way I play. Sometimes I'm wrong when I play it strong. Oops, what can I say? When I first played poker, it was a lot like work. I kept losing my money. I felt like a jerk. Out on the road, going from town to town, my bank balance went down and down. Holding my phone, what have I done? I'm losing my ass. Hey, this is no fun.
That's right, everybody. The boys are back in town on a different site, on PokerFraudAlert.com. And it's not just boys, though. We actually have a girl, too. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. We don't have an official name for the show yet, and that's because I was trying to determine as late as today what our co-host situation is going to be. At first I was calling it the Druff and Drexel Show, but we can't call it that anymore because we have a third host who is now committed to be here every week. I am Todd Dandruff-Wittellis. We also have Brandon Drexel-Gerson. Hello. Hey, Todd. Glad to have you hosting a show with me once again. This is our pilot episode, even though we've had some test episodes and kind of spontaneous episodes before this. This is the the first official show we're doing together, and we now have a third host, Angel, also known as Vowels from our forum. She is back. We've done shows together in the past, and they've always uh, they've always gone really well. People have responded to them very well in the past and enjoyed her on the show. So she's now our third host, and uh, welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Uh oh. <laughs> well, we already have our first degree of fail. We have two sound issues. Uh, Brandon, they're saying you sound a little bit soft. And Angel sounds like, uh, yeah, someone's saying in the chat that she sounds like she's in a wind You sound like you're in the bathroom. There's a huge echo. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So I, I've got a problem, too? We're to a running start here, folks, huh? Ah, jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Okay. all over again? This is so strange. We predicted we were going to shit the bed, too. Oh, boy. I sound like I, there's an echo here? Yeah, I hear an echo on my end, but it's tolerable. Jeez. What can we do? So it sounds like I'm in the bathroom, according to people in the chat. Now, I'm not in the bathroom. I promise you that. I, I actually have done radio from the bathroom before, but not this time. And it says that uh, Vowel sounds like she's in Siberia, which I agree with. I swear, it's almost Siberia. It's Phoenix, so it's close. Okay. So uh, someone's saying all three of us sound off. This is pretty bad here. So, so yeah, we're going to have to uh, – we may have to actually just call you, uh, Angel, if – the Skype thing doesn't work out until we can figure out uh, whatever's going on with your microphone. And Brandon, uh, I, I hate to troubleshoot the show in the first few minutes of our first episode, but I, I guess this was inevitable. Uh, Brandon, speak a little bit so we can hear if you sound okay. Okay, well, everybody, welcome to, I guess, what we're calling it right now, the working title, The Druff and Drexel Show, which tonight obviously is our pilot show. Uh, we will be here every Tuesday night at this time slot, this day, at 7 p.m., and we have a great show tonight. Um, so I'm looking at the chat now. Okay, they're saying that my voice is clear, but my volume is faint. Yeah. Well, I've turned you up as much as I can, so uh, I don't know if you can turn up your microphone. Uh, I'm blasting you as loud as possible. Yeah, I have <laughs> right into my mouth. Baby. Yeah, you do sound a little bit soft <laughs> to me too. And the funny thing is, you happened in the past, so I think all three of us have some sound issues tonight that may be independent of one another. Well, it could be that Skype just can't take the three-way. No. Okay. Well, no, they can definitely take the three-way. <laughs> I think Skype Skype can do a four-way or a five-way. It can do a lot of ways. It uh, Skype hey, can take a lot. Tell me, is this any better? So let me know now. I've, 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 I've turned up on Skype my microphone setting as high as it can be. So it's just somebody let me know in the chat. Is this any better at all? The thing is the same. I mean, there's nothing else I can do here. 
And apparently I have a metal bucket on my head, so that's bad. Oh, boy. Okay, well, if, if Val's, her sound quality doesn't improve, uh, I will call her on uh, her regular phone, and at least we'll okay, get her on. Okay, hold on, sorry. These things, I sound the same? I'm decent, okay. You're decent, I mean, I turn, okay. Okay, I turned it up to the highest level, and the funny thing is I can hear Angel loud and clear. She sounds better than you do on my end. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, you sound great, too, so I don't, I, it must be a function of the Skype interface with the radio software. Hmm. Yes. And well, as always, folks, riveting radio right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I knew that there was going to be some kind of problem. I wasn't sure what it would be, but uh, hopefully we can get past whatever sound issues we have. And I'm actually someone whose sound quality is very important to I I hate when I listen to things with poor sound quality, and I hate when I am projecting myself with poor sound quality. So I'm, I'm going to try to solve this uh at least Apparently, by next week, but we're going to... just getting this in. Crow Diddley is reporting that Limitless is saying that I sound like the worst person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can improve on that one, but uh, we can try to improve on that one, too. So, anyway, uh, welcome again, everybody, to Poker Fraud Alert Radio with Druff, Drexel, and Vowels. We will come up with a show name uh, sometime in the very near future, now that we know Vowels is going to be a regular part of the show, and I'm very happy to hear that, even if she does have sound problems. <laughs> and you. Uh, um, you know, maybe I'll even spring for a uh, a quality microphone for her. So I, I think it really is her mic because I I can hear that she doesn't sound good. And okay, I'll tell you what. Let me switch headsets and see if that yeah, it kind of sounds like you have us on speakerphone. I'll be right back. Okay, I'll, I'll try a okay. different headset. So while she's gone, let me tell you guys about this show. And for those of you who are new to the site, I want to tell you about the site as well. Uh, this is a poker-based radio show with a little bit of a twist where it's got entertainment to it, too. So we don't just talk about poker. It's a mixture of poker discussion and just random stuff. Weird characters, prank calls, whatever we feel like doing to make entertaining radio. So if you listen to the show, my hope is that by the end, not only will you know what's going on in the poker community every week, but uh, and in Las Vegas as well. We're going to talk a lot about Las Vegas here. And not only will you know those two things, but you'll also be entertained. It won't be a dry and boring show. So hopefully it keeps your attention. And you know what? I always want to hear from the audience what you think of it. And I try to read the chat room. If you're not in the chat room yet and you're listening live, please go into our chat room. The only thing you need to go in there is a device with flash support. So it probably won't work on iPhones or iPads, but... Pretty much every other device can go into our chat room. You just need to log into your PokerFraudAlert.com account. I am reading the chat. I may miss some things because I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating on the show. But I'm going to listen to what you guys say there. I'll see what you like, what you don't like. And we'll go from there. And I'll try to improve the show every week. And I know that uh, Brandon has the same attitude. And I know that uh, Angel has the same attitude. So... We're always going to listen to the audience and, and put out something good. Now, I've got something very important to say here, because it's timely. If I don't say it soon, it's going to be too late. We have a free roll, a $50 cash free roll, on the Poker Fraud Alert, No Fraud Online Poker Chat Room, or chat room, uh, poker site. I actually have a poker site attached to PokerFraudAlert.com. It's a play money poker site, but a poker site nonetheless. Just click on No Fraud Online Poker on that tab near the top of the screen. Sign up an account. I don't care what email you put. You could make your email fuck at you.com for all I care. I don't, I don't give a crap what your email is. 
And choose a password you don't use anywhere else because I can see your password. I'll be honest about that. I, I don't choose to, but that's the way the software works. And uh, go in there. Go into the free roll. It says Radio Document under the tournament section. There is no password. And it starts at 7.30 Pacific Time, which is just in 10 minutes. There is no cost to enter. There's no cost in real money. There's no cost in play chips. It's a completely free tournament to register for. The prize pool is 5,000 play chips, but more importantly, $50, 50 real U.S. dollars that I will send you, $35 for first, $15 for second, third gets a big zero, and I will send this to you pretty much the method of your choice. You want a check, I'll send it to you. You want PayPal, I'll send it to you. You want Hero no, Poker Chips. Rough. I, hate, I don't want to cut you off, but I believe I read... And the official thread for tonight said that somebody offered to pay third place. I think it was five dollars. Wow! So third will get okay. So it. I know there was a user that said they would pay. Let me find it. So obviously we'll give him some thanks. And by the way, just this reminds me of something. Uh, okay, Bubbles actually said whoever finishes third in the payroll to PM Bubbles, and they will. And Bubbles will send you five dollars on great. either Hero Locker Carbon. Okay, so. So I just want to uh, bring this up, and thank you, of course, to Bubbles. I really appreciate that. But uh, something I want to mention, which is important, is that anybody who wants to donate extra money to these tournaments is very much appreciated. The only thing I want to say, the only caveat, is that we don't guarantee that money. So if somebody comes out and says, I'm adding $100 to this week's tournament, and then they disappear and never pay it, we're not going to pay you. Uh, so we appreciate any additions, but anything we don't officially announce as money we've already received to pay out in these free rolls, uh, you have to count on the user to pay you. Now, Bubble seems like a decent guy. I don't really know him, but uh, he's been on our site for a few months now and seems like a decent guy. And, of course, I'm thrilled to get any donations for these free rolls and uh, very generous of him. So contact him for the five bucks, but if for some reason he rolls you, don't come running to me. But I, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to pay. But anyway, this is great, and you will get you know, free money. For the $50 in the prize pool, 35 for first, 15 for second. I'll send you a check. I'll send you a PayPal. I mean, this is real cash, not even necessarily poker site cash. So this will be for the next four weeks at least because we got a donation of $200 for radio free rolls. So I'm doing it 50, 50, 50, 50. So good luck in winning that. And uh, anybody who wants to donate money to these free rolls, that's very much appreciated. And I promise... 100% of whatever you donate for these will be paid back out to the users. I won't be keeping one dime of what is donated. Uh, I, I guess that's about it. Oh, the rule regarding the free roll and who is eligible for the 50 bucks. You need an account registered on Poker Fraud Alert by yesterday, April, May 21st at 5 p.m. Pacific. If you do not have an account on Poker Fraud Alert before May 21st at 5 p.m. Pacific, you probably will not be eligible for this free roll money. And this includes this week and the next few weeks. Now, don't panic if you don't have one yet. Right now, and when I say right now, I mean right now. Send me a PM on the site or contact me through the contact form on the site and tell me how you found the site other shows you may have listened to that I was on, your favorite moments from these shows. Basically, I want to become so convinced... Wait, wait, what you're saying is they can't just type to you, I like sight, sight is funny. Yes, exactly. 
that uh, if you're some Russian who showed up here because we have a free roll, you're not getting the money. I promise you. What, what's the funniest? What's the funniest one of those you can remember getting? <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think now. They they all kind of blend in, but that's that's pretty much what they say. Uh, I like site. Your site very good. I get good information from site. Can I have free roll monies? Like like that's what they say. Like so, if you're just here to get the free roll money, I promise I'm not going to send you a dime. But if you've been listening to us for a long time and just never made an account and can convince me that that's the truth then I will make you eligible. But it's got to be on a case-by-case basis, and it has to be before you win. It can't be after you've won it. It can't be when you've, you're down to heads up and have the big stack. It can't be anything like that. You've got to send it right now and convince me. So and as a disclaimer, don't ask me. Drop handles all these. Yeah, I handle all these things, and that'll be that gets me to my next point. Now that I've announced the free roll, yes. and, and I thank Oh, and also, I'm sorry, real fast, just before you go on, uh, I just got a mess- message from Jacob. He just wanted me to let you know, and, of course, the audience, that he just sent you $25 on PayPal to add to the payroll, oh. or a payroll, to add to the free roll, so now you can pay four spots, if you'd like, at 40, 20, 15, and 5. Okay, we will, we will do that. Th- this is what we're going to do. Uh, I trust Jacob, so I'm not worried about him rolling anybody, so we'll officially add that to the prize pool. Um, Bubbles, uh, nothing against him, but I don't really know the guy. But I assume he's going to pay the five bucks. So, I mean, yeah, uh, you know what? Screw it. Screw it. I, I'm sure he's going to pay the five bucks. Bubbles has been on here for all these right. months and months. I don't think he's going to roll he's anyone for five bucks. Just, uh, okay, no, so yeah, we're, right, we're going to break our precedent here that I just set and just make it $80 guaranteed. And hopefully Bubbles uh, cost up the $5 to me. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll have to eat it. But uh, I'll have to go out with a... I have to go without a hamburger for a day if he does not send me the five bucks. So I hope that doesn't happen because, that, as you guys have can seen, can I interrupt and ask if this headset is any better? It's a USB headset. Ah, oh, yeah. it's beautiful. That's a great headset. Yes. Can Can you guys let me know on chat if this is uh, any better? I can already let you know it's much, much better. Okay. This, this is what I've been looking for. This is the voice I've been looking for <laughs> to join this show. Okay. Uh, guys on chat. Oh, okay. Edward Teach says it's better. All right. All right. Beautiful. All right. All right, nice. we've got our headset. I think we've got our sound problems fixed, and now once I get out of the bathroom, we'll be great. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> l- listen, people, uh, $80 prize pool. First place is 40 bucks. Second place is 20 bucks. Third place is 15 bucks. And fourth place, the big drop-off, 5 bucks. And I will send this to you personally through whatever method you want of the ones I've listed. So... $80 free roll cash money. Thank you, Jacep. Thank you to the main donor of the 50 per week. I'm not sure if he wants to be identified. And thank you, Bubbles. Appreciate people who want to help out the community. This is great. So, now, Jeff, is it a conflict of interest for the radio co-hosts to play as they host? Well, you know... Other than being a major distraction. Yeah, that's the problem. It's a, I, I'm not playing for that reason because I don't want to be distracted. I don't think Brandon's playing either. I'm it, not, yeah, I'm not playing. Yeah, if, if, if you want to play... I, I felt like in the past when I would do shows, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to concentrate or if, if I'm into the show, I'm timing out and slowing down the tournament. I'm thinking, what am I doing this for? I should be concentrating on, you know... Providing a good show, not worrying about a free roll. That I'm, even if I win, it's just going to get rolled over anyhow. So yeah. Now the only person totally not eligible to win is me because I own the site and I'm not playing anyway. But I, I don't want to ever win any contests on my own site. I don't think that's why we're having contests. So I, I will never win any money on this site, no matter what. But I'm not even playing tonight. Anyway, uh, so now we've got that out of the way. I want to talk a little bit about this site and this show. 
first of all, it's important that everybody understands that Poker Fraud Alert is my site. I own 100% of the site, and that's always the way it's going to be. So these two co-hosts we have here, Brandon and Angel, I, I really appreciate them being on, and I think they really do great radio. And if this radio show makes money, then I will be sharing the wealth from this radio show with them in a fair manner according to uh, you know how often they've been on with me, which I assume will be every time. But I own this site. This is actually my site. You know, Some people have gone up to Brandon and said, hey, you know, I'm glad you own that site with Druff now. No, Brandon doesn't own the site. And the only reason no. I'm saying is just to, just to clarify, especially because Brandon is actually taking ownership in a different site pretty soon where this show is actually going to be simulcast on that site. Uh, and, and I want to explain that as well, of how that's going to work. So this is my site, but these two are co-hosts. Uh, they both have a lot of say as far as the content of this show. and uh, But as far as stuff like the forum or anything else on Poker Fraud Alert, that's all me. So, so don't go to Brandon and say, hey, I need my account fixed, or, or hey, why is Dan Druff doing this on the forum? Like this, He has nothing to do with that stuff. He's just yep. on the radio here, and uh, I'm very glad to have him. We've done great radio, and of course, uh, the shows I did with Vowels here, uh, people really enjoyed those, and it's always nice to have a uh, a nice-sounding female voice on the show anyway. So uh, I think the we have female a... female perspective can come in handy every yes. now and then. So God, the voice seems like it's just sexier than it was even a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, sounds good. you probably just haven't heard it in a while, so... <laughs> wow. Any, anyway, um... Hard. That's, this is more distracting than playing in a poker tournament, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. I think, I think if Brandon played... Talk again. I think if he played both the poker tournament and listened to vowels, I think he would pretty much be useless here. So, anyway, um, we've covered the free roll. We've covered uh, what the story is with this show. And, you know, if you're familiar with the last show we were on, there will be some similarities, there will be some differences. You'll get used to it over time. This show also has no fixed end time, except tonight. Every other week, we're going to just do the show until we feel like ending it. So if the show is great for seven hours, we'll do it for seven hours. I don't expect it to be seven hours, but we're just going to keep going until we have nothing more to say. That's in every week except this one. This week, we both happen to, when I say both, it's me and Brandon, we both happen to have obligations at 10 o'clock. Coincidentally, both of us cannot make it at 10 o'clock. So at 10, the show's over, no matter what. I'm sorry about that. I know a lot of you want a super long show, but wait till next week for that one. We'll try to get everything in that we want to do tonight. But it'll be no longer than a three-hour show tonight. Future weeks, it'll just be whenever we feel like ending it. And that's the way this show will be run. So if it's going well, and we, we have a good feeling of whether the show's going well or not. If it's going well and we have more to do, we will always keep going. And that's the way the show will always work. Yeah, of basically, course, as long as it's entertaining and people still are enjoying it, we will keep on going. Yeah, and, and also I want to say that uh, this show, is there something funny there? There's a lot of laughter no, going I'm on. laughing because I just got booted out of the chat again, but that's... Wait, the I chat kicking you? I, you know, I changed this chat so it doesn't kick anyone. I just got booted out. Jeez, I don't know how that's happening. It, it's letting me stay in there. That's really peculiar. Mm. Well, anyway, uh, with this show... Um, we will take phone calls, of course. The show is in iTunes already. If you just search yeah. Poker Fraud Alert, it's right there. And this episode will show up there 
probably within uh, six hours of when it finishes, whenever iTunes grabs it. We do have an RSS feed, if you know what that is and can make use of it. Uh, of course, you can listen just by going to our radio forum and just downloading the MP3 directly or playing it through your device. It's a good way to listen in the archive through uh, iPhones if you don't feel like doing the whole uh, subscription to the podcast thing. And Stitcher. I just got notification today, just before the show started, that they have added us to Stitcher. I have not checked this yet. I haven't verified it yet, but they've emailed me and told us that we've been added. So we're there as well. The free roll is called Radio... suggest, uh, since we are are obviously going to change the name of our show, if anybody wants to even start a contest or make suggestions in a thread, because we have obviously the most creative... Listeners, I think, in you know all the at least the poker forums, uh, that that would you guys be uh, open to that maybe? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I mean, if anyone could think, and I, I know I saw the suggestion uh, DVD, the DVD show, and <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I really. I mean, it's it's makes sense, but anyhow, if anyone could think of something that that would really come off very good and smooth and just has you know a catch to it, uh, start a thread or post your ideas, and you know we'll we'll. You know, you could one day take credit for uh, naming the show. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so let me explain what we're going to be doing tonight, or at least we're going to try to get in before the 10 o'clock mark hits. We're going to be talking about the one-drop tournament. There is a list that has been officially published by the World Series of Poker, the million-dollar buy-in tournament. I mean, that's unbelievable, a million-dollar buy-in tournament. I, I can't even fathom playing something like that, but... The names of the people playing the tournament have been released, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the World Series of Poker itself, which starts next week, very, very soon. And I will give you my Jewish tips on how to make and save money while in Vegas this summer, if you're here for the World Series. Uh, The Bellagio had another robbery. (laughs) We're going to talk about that robbery, and we're going to talk about some of the biggest casino heists in Nevada history. Some interesting stuff on that. Uh, the Venetian Poker Room, once a juggernaut in the Las Vegas poker scene in the last few years. It's fallen upon hard times, and we will talk about that. Peter DC, also known as Peter Falcone, a career scammer who touched our community and even personally scammed Brandon here. He has finally gotten some comeuppance and has been arrested. <laughs> and hopefully will be sentenced to something pretty long and pretty fitting for everything he's done. Uh, Now, his arrest has nothing to do with any poker players that he scammed, but he was arrested, he was charged, and today was his preliminary hearing in the morning. Uh, We have a guy that's been constantly following all this and has been really, really on Peter's case for quite some time, VPP player, and we're going to call him tonight. And I think he was actually at the preliminary hearing. He was either there or had someone go for him. But he knows all about it. He'll tell us all about Peter D.C.'s preliminary hearing today for the criminal charges against him and exactly what charges he's facing. Uh, if we have time, we will attempt to make a prank call. Uh, we are going to check in with Teddy the Iceman, who is a popular segment. And uh, maybe Ken Scaler will call in. I can't guarantee wow. that because Ken Scaler cannot be called. He has to call in. And if he calls in, it'll be on my cell phone, and I will transfer the cell phone into this radio show so you hear him as if he's calling the radio show. And we'll check in on what he's been doing and check in on some of his funny stories. And if we have time, we will call Julia, a.k.a. Jenny Anderson, the porn star, and see what's up with her. 
So again, that's something we'll do. I have some good questions for her, so that's be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So we we're gonna have, oh you're forgetting one thing. We have to call our uh, internet poker law guru, uh, poker Eddie Todd, to talk about laws and stuff. Uh, something <laughs> happened this week. Oh, that's right. I did forget something. Yes, yeah. uh, President Obama, or at least the White House, gave an official response about online poker because a petition was submitted to them, and. We got a response. The poker players got a response, but it wasn't a very good one. I'll talk all about that. I'll quickly read the response on radio, and I'll give you my take about that whole thing. So thank you, Brandon. I somehow left that off sure. my list. No problem. So, okay. Uh, let's talk about the one drop. Let's just move right into the one drop. I almost said one step. Isn't that sick? I almost said let's talk about one step. But, you know, I, I think the problem is I'm just going to get this out of the way. You know what? I don't have to get it out of the way. I'll explain in a second. He wanted me to say something, but I realize we're going to end up saying it anyway. So uh, let's talk about the one-drop, one-step tournament. <laughs> and it's a million-dollar buy-in. It's an official World Series of Poker event. It's an event for charity. And I, I just can't believe... I mean, it doesn't have that big of a field, but a million-dollar buy-in is just insane. You, you have yeah. to have just... Ridiculous money. I mean, I, I'm trying to think how much money would I have to have to where I would ever enter a million-dollar buy-in tournament. And I think it would have to be like $100 million. Like, wh what do you think, Brandon? I mean, oh, you know, this is the thing. I wonder, looking at the list, and, and you know, we'll get into that in a second. Right now, there are 30, 30 people that have actually paid. And I also just wonder by looking how many of them have either swapped percentages of themselves. I mean, I can't imagine... Besides a few of the names on here, like Phil Rupkin and, of course, like Gee, that actually are you know have a hundred percent of themselves in this. It's just it seems just it's astronomical. You're right. I can't even fathom. Uh, I mean, even the big name players like Gus Hansen that are in it and the others that we'll get to. I find it hard to believe in today's day and age that that anyone's really willing to risk a million of their own you know dollars just to play in this. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's doubtful that they have their own money in it. At least of course. But the money's coming from somewhere. I mean, where well, are they getting it? I see Daniel's in there and Johnny Chan and Tom Dwan. So, I mean, these guys have to have backers. Yeah, well, I would think maybe Daniel is, I, I don't know, maybe Poker Stars is, is uh, course, contributing right. some of it. So, like, if I had a company backing me for it or for a lot of it, then, yeah, if I had enough of the role myself, then I would enter it. But, you know, just as far as entering, just plunking down a million bucks to enter a tournament... I mean, I'd have such a hard time separating it from real money that can be spent in the real world. I'd be looking like, this is a million dollars. Like, a lot can be done with a million dollars. Even if you're, like, super, super rich, it's still a million dollars. And, like, just to put that down on one tournament, and you take one bad beat and you're gone. I know they start out with a lot of chips, but I'm saying, like, you play one tournament, you're out, and there goes a million dollars. It's gone. And, I, I don't know, I just... Uh, I think I would have a very hard time doing that without a bankroll that's at least nine figures. But I, I don't think I'll ever have a bankroll like in that. In honesty, even if you had $100 million in cash, you really shouldn't subject 1% of your entire net worth into a tournament. You know? Well, I, I mean, noticed Phil Ivey's not in here, and he's the kind of guy I would expect that would just toss the money in and go for oh, it. Oh, but what he'll probably do is he'll register, you know, the fourth level right before the cutoff point, and he'll end up, you know, <laughs> either winning it or finishing third. He'll just walk up with a million in chips, and I can't imagine that he, he wouldn't be playing this. Well, what if uh, yeah, Phil Helmuth plays play. and then shows up late for it? 
<laughs> you know what? That's a really good question, and I guess right now, and I guess I'd even be willing to book action unless somebody knew something, because I haven't seen anything about it. I don't think he's going to play it. I'd probably have to set the line at, like, m- minus, I don't know, 240 that he's going to play. I don't think he's going to play it. I mean, as far as I've read... He doesn't have any real marketing now. There's no one that's sponsoring him. I know they had like a small little deal with Aria Poker Room, but it's just, it, it's not. It wasn't anything significant, and I can't see him just being the nit that he is, putting up a million of his own dollars. Um, but I mean, I could be wrong. You know, somebody may put him in, but uh, that, that's a good question if if he's going to play or not. Yeah. So anyway, uh, since we're talking about who's not playing, Brandon, why don't you go ahead and read us the list of who is playing. So far, it, this is not a, a list that's exhaustive, so it's very possible that people will enter between now and when the event goes off. But these are the players confirmed so far to be playing. Uh-oh, dead air. Well, well, I'm sorry, we, can you hear me? I, I have the list. If, if oh, no, are you there, sweetie? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you're, you're kind of breaking up here. You know what? I'm hearing an echo again. Let me disconnect. Okay. And call me right back, okay? Okay, I will call you back. I think, you know, Skype does have some flaws to it. Yeah, it definitely does. So there's a lot of variables here, people, with this show. Uh, We're doing it through Skype. That's the way we're all connected together. Um, Of course, there's also the the server itself that's broadcasting. There's my internet. There's Brandon's internet. There's Angel's internet. So any of these internets have a problem that can cause a problem for us, and of course the worst one to fail would be my internet since I'm running the show. And they would let, me, let me try it. Okay, yeah, yeah, the echo's gone. Do um, you have a little bit of an echo? Yeah, I, I can echo call you back too, Angel, if you'd like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Should I disconnect and... Yeah, I'll disconnect you and connect back? you back. And guys, bear with us. You know, first off, I, you know, I, I didn't say this in the beginning. Got an amazing turnout tonight. Just some really Hall of Fame, long-time members of... Just all the different forums that tuned in, and uh, all three of us appreciate it. I mean, we've got a great turnout just looking at the names in the chat. And, again, you know, this is our first episode. Things are going to get better. Uh, the show is going to improve over time, and obviously these technical difficulties uh, that we have, we're going we're gonna to figure them out. And, again, I hear myself echoing it's like every word I say, Drew. Well, if, if it makes you feel better, I don't hear any echo on my end from you. So right. I know, you know it's, how that it's is distracting. When you hear that yeah. echo. Yeah, it's distracting. Right when you talk, it's very annoying, and it's hard to. It's I mean, almost hard to concentrate. For some reason, Jeff doesn't echo, but you do, Brandon. And I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. So, is there an alternative to Skype? I mean, I. I, I mean, there is. I can free, call. I can call up people's phones, but it sounds like you're on a phone. Then, see, the good thing right. about Skype is you you couldn't even tell whether we're all in the same room or we're all far away from each other. You can't tell, and that's we, what's great about this Skype. This is what I just did. I just improvised. I just pulled off the right headphone from, the, from my right earlobe, and now the echo is gone. It was only coming through the right side of my headphone. So I took off half the headphone. Now, am I am I still echoing you, Angel? You know, I just took off my right one too to see, <laughs> and it, it does feel better. Okay, so I, have one, I have one headphone on. Okay, one ear only with the microphone. So uh, yeah. So by the way, everybody sounds fine to the uh, fine. So let, okay. To, to the audience, we sound fine. It's just you guys are hearing echoes with each other and with yourself. So I, I think we just have to suck it up and. Yeah, just fine. pretend we're doing yeah, it from the Grand Canyon or something. That's so funny that both vowels and I just decided to take off one headphone <laughs> at the same time. But well, I'd like to apologize in advance to everyone 
I, I do have my puppies here with me, and if you hear any barking, uh, it's just them trying to get in on the on the broadcast. So um, I'll try to okay. keep them quiet. Uh, th- same thing if uh, my baby barks. He's trying to get in on the broadcast. <laughs> Uh, good to see Willie uh, McFML in the chat. And like I said, we have a lot of just long time. I mean, gee, BCR for Dragons. I mean, I, I don't want to leave anybody out, but there's just so many uh, just loyal, long time listeners. And uh, again, guys, I'm glad you guys are here. I know uh, Todd feels the same way and, and vowels as well. But anyhow, moving along to what we're talking about, there are 30 people so far that have paid. And again, I, I believe. Uh, you know what, maybe I can find it. I know the number was, is capped. I know they actually said that they were going to cap it. I believe it was 48, um, but I, it's somewhere in the 40s. But then again, I can't imagine if, if people start showing up after that with, you know, million dollars in cash, chips, or around a wire, they're going to turn somebody away. But I, I do remember reading it was going to be capped at a certain number. But as of right now, like I mentioned, there are 30 people that have paid or won a satellite or, in one case, uh, get to that the funniest way somebody entered. Um, also, it's kind of interesting, about there are about five people that wanted their names to be anonymous. And none of these are poker players. Um, these were just rich businessmen, but they chose at this time at least to not have their name publicized beforehand. You know, I think I'm going to do that with like the 1500 limit event. I'm going to go up to Jack Effel, the tournament director, and say, "Can you list me as anonymous yeah, instead right. of uh, that I played the event?" See what he says. Yeah. So it reminds me of a Larry David episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm sure that they got themselves some poker players to play those for them. You know, if they're sticking their money in there, they've got somebody who with some know-how behind it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, first on the list, uh, obviously, is the organizer, and I don't know if he's a founder, but he is the one who's promoting this, and that is Guy Liberté. And uh, for those who do not know. He, he's really like one of your a true rags to riches story. Uh, if anyone is ever interested, you know, read his uh, Wikipedia or even his autobiography that he has out. He is the founder of all the Circus of Soleil shows that are in Vegas and in Canada and Europe all over. Um, at one point, he is Canadian. At one point, he was actually homeless. Um, in the late 80s, maybe even the early 90s. And now he's literally one of the richest man on the planet. I mean, he's just uh, trying to think. I, I think the last time I saw his net worth was somewhere around $15 billion. And it could be it could be even more. But he's just a baller. And most recently, he was in the news about a year, year and a half ago. And I don't remember what the outcome was, but he was, uh, there, there was a, a news article that was picked up you know, by all the huge publications in the United States that alleged that he had these huge, huge sex parties. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, like he was busting in prostitutes from Montreal. He was bringing just the most beautiful, (laughs) he was, there were busloads of prostitutes, like bus, buses, like, like plural. And he was just bringing the most gorgeous women from all over the world, and there were drugs and these sex parties and just huge, you know, famous names. And I don't remember what, you know, what became of it, uh, you know, if there was ever any civil or criminal charges, but, uh, you know, I haven't heard anything about that in quite some time, but it was a very interesting story, and we talked about this when it occurred a while back, but um, nonetheless, this is his charity, um, One Drop, and he is the first person that registered. Second on the list, and this is also someone that announced immediately after the press release last year that he'd be playing this, is Phil Ruffin. Uh, for those who don't know, Phil Ruffin, he 
has been a high-stakes amateur player for many, 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 many years. He is also the owner of the Treasure Island uh, Casino Hotel in Las Vegas. And before that, he was the owner of the Frontier, which uh, is right across the street from the wind, but has now been demolished. Um, and he played on the last season that was ever aired of high-stakes poker. And uh, he, he actually crushed. He ended up winning close to like $800,000. Um, just basically by, by being a call station, and there's one hand that was just amazing where he called like a half million dollar river bet or, or so, somewhere along those lines. It was just it was amazing uh, river bet call uh, from uh, from David uh, Pete from Viffer when he just had second pair, which was a king. There's an ace on board with no kicker. And, I mean, it was just, it was an amazing call, and he just basically, when they interviewed him afterwards, his comment was, look, I got so much money, you know, they got to realize they can't bluff me, you know, <laughs> just like, I just have too much money, you know, and that's basically what he said, because they were giving him credit, great call, amazing, How, what kind of read did you have, and he was like, there wasn't any read, yeah. I just have so much money, you can't bluff me. Hey, he probably used to, you know, like, like, hey, I play limit hold'em, and, you know, in limit hold'em, you don't ever fold top pairs, so, yeah, what, whatever you want to bet on the river, I'm calling. Right. Exactly. So, also on the list, uh, Andy Beal has, has bought in as well. Um, a gentleman named Sean O'Donnell, who's not a poker player, who I guess was put in, or it doesn't really say how he got in, except for it says Montreal Private Citizen Group, and then it says his name. So, I'm not sure if that's uh, a charity that he won a tournament through or how that works, but someone named Sean O'Donnell. This is my favorite. Loto, okay... And the, all it says is Loto, and this person won off a lottery scratch-off ticket in Montreal. Okay, that's what it says. It says lottery scratch-off. And, I mean, that's just funny. Can you just imagine you're just sitting there, you know, trying to maybe scratch off, and you just see $1 million, turn, you know, poker tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, of course, you probably have mixed feelings because you just want the cash. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, how much of a chance does someone like that have who wins a scratch-off ticket? How much of a chance do they have to beat people who are entering a million-dollar buy-in poker tournament? Right, exactly. So, okay, uh, four, three other names. I have no idea who they are. I just assume they're very rich. Carrie Tats, Paul Newey, and Richard Young. Um so if anyone obviously knows those names, I'm just missing them from poker. I've never heard of those names. Um, Eric Seidel, huge name, uh, just had a monstrous uh, year last year where I think it was like four months in, and he already did cash for like four or five million dollars worth of uh, uh, tournament uh, scores last year. Just I also heard he cashed, uh, he cashed four or five million dollars of people's full tilt chips as well, so he's doing pretty well. You know, funny enough, I was at dinner last night, and him and John Jawanda were sitting at the table right behind me. It's really, really weird. Um, anyhow, also, okay, then we have four anonymous people, and they're just listed as Anonymous 1, a U.S. venture capitalist, Anonymous 2, a European hedge fund manager, Anonymous 3, U.S. hedge fund manager, and Anonymous 4, a French businessman. Hmm. So at least, I'm going to just say right now, at least one of the four will at some point in the next five years be indicted, and the money that they're playing this tournament with is <laughs> from the people that they're managing their money. I mean, that's just a guess. I think that's a pretty safe bet. One out of four of them will be at some point indicted in their uh, country. <laughs> Anyhow, Caesars Entertainment seat. They're giving away a seat that has not yet occurred yet. And then there's another Caesars seat that has not been awarded um, that is going to be determined by a, a $25,300 satellite at the Rio, which, which they're guaranteeing one spot. 
So, I mean, I guess if anyone really has any pipe dreams, that's probably, the, I mean, not probably, that is the cheapest way to get in. For $25,300, you can enter a mega satellite. Well, now, can you satellite into the satellite? You know what? I don't I don't think so, because if you have to satellite into the satellite, they probably don't want you in there anyhow. Um, I mean, I guess in, in technically you could. You could just jump from the biggest satellites that they have at the World Series until you got to that point. I mean, do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I guess that's true. That's right, because color. that's right because when you play the satellites, you get paid in what they call lammers, which you can use to enter any World Series tournament or other satellites. So, yeah, I guess you could do that. And uh, um, I just think it would be funny if they had, like, the million-dollar one-drop satellite where first you, like, a $250 buy-in to win a satellite into the next step of the satellite. Right. And then from there you go on. It'd be funny if just some donk who entered for 250 bucks. Like, like the, the Chris Moneymaker effect, basically. Yeah, yeah right. pretty much. You start you start off at, like, the Tropicana, like, playing on one table, sit and go. Then they move you, like, to the MGM, and you just keep... Well, actually, no, it'd be, it'd be Harris. So you start moving up, like, the, the tiers of Harris properties. So, like, yeah. the first one would be, like, Bill's Gaming Hall. And then if you win that, you advance to, like, the Imperial Palace. And then you just kind of keep going up and down the ladder until you finally make it to the Rio. So I just got some breaking Barrage news. Has one as well. Yes, it, uh, it looks like they do. The, uh, it doesn't give any information about when or where it takes place, but it looks like MGM Mirage will be having a satellite as well. And there's one seat from that that uh, has not been awarded yet. And then the rest are just mostly big name pros. Bobby Baldwin, who uh, is the CEO, or you know, I think I'm pretty sure he still is. I know he, for, I mean, for many, many years, he was actually the CEO of MGM Mirage. And I know he has just hundreds of millions of dollars of stock in the company. And I think he still is the, uh, the CEO, but I, I could be wrong. But obviously, his name is why he would, Bobby's room in the Bellagio was right. named after him. Also, he won the main event uh, in the late 70s. Um, Patrick Antonius, Gus Hansen, Daniel Legrano, Johnny Chan, uh, Tom Dwan, Tony G., uh, Jonathan Duhamel, that name kind of surprised me, um, and, and he's definitely somebody I would think would would be would would have been put in because I don't know or or have any reason to believe he has a kind of bankroll to put himself in this. Although you know he did win the main event, uh, you know, still it's a lot of money. So uh, Elkie, no surprise, amazing tournament player. Uh, Daniel Shack, just so much money he could just afford it; doesn't even matter. Uh, Booster J, or AKA also Justin Smith, the good one. Um, as well. And then hey, every time I hear that name, I always think of the scandal. Well, it's funny because uh, he suffered from this because people would Google Justin Smith poker and they go, oh, crap, this Justin Smith guy, you know, he's a scammer. He has a neck tattoo. You know, he he, uh, he borrows $12,000 from someone and then, you know, then says he's going to give back 100 Like, like it, this really hurt Boosted Jay in that uh, um, people really thought if they didn't look very closely that he was the scammer. So I, I kind of feel bad for the guy who seems pretty nice. From you know, I've met him before; he seems like a pretty nice guy. Yeah. I, I feel bad for him that he got his name associated with this. But just what can the luck of the draw and the name. Yeah. yeah. And just looking uh, in the chat, just you know, people are helping me out. I wasn't looking. Uh, Steve-O is, is informing me that Jonathan Duhamel is a one-step or one-drop-one-step. Jesus, <laughs> now you got me doing it. He's a one-drop rep. That's what confused me. One-step rep. He's a one-drop representative, so maybe he got put in or, or there's some kind of deal that uh, – it was also confirmed that Baldwin still is uh, the CEO, which I thought. I just wasn't sure if he may have retired. Um, so uh, anyhow, and then the last – 
Let me go back here. The last three, uh, Bob Wright. Um, I know that name. I'm not sure exactly who that is, but I've heard the name before. And these, and these last two, I have no idea. Arnaud Mimron and Paul Fua. Um, and that rounds out the 30 that have paid, or you know, as well as counting the seats that they plan on giving away before it's let's see the day it's actually July 1st through the 3rd so it's still you know it's still five six weeks away so very interesting uh, and, yeah, and uh, I just got, got some breaking news here on who's gonna go deep well hang on I just got some breaking news yes Apparently, we have another person that has been verified for this tournament, a big name in poker. Eric Lindgren is going to be entering, and he says that if he wins, he will pay back 50% of what he owes from rotisserie football. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I wonder, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I doubt that uh, in his position now that he, he would play, and even if he did, I, can you imagine the public outcry, you know, because from what I've been told, and just what I've read, he still, he still owes upwards of, you know, six figures from fantasy football, so I don't, uh, I don't know, I don't foresee him playing. What I think I would actually do, based on it right now, and I don't know what the line would be, uh, you know, Val's made an interesting point about making bets, I would like to actually take the field, I mean, not any of the big name pros, like, as of what I'm looking at now, there's like... One, two, I don't know, there's like 12 big-name pros, and the rest look like they're going to be either amateurs or just rich businessmen that have a ton of money. But I would like to bet the field. You're saying that the field, okay. as far as that they will enter or won't enter? No, 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 I'm betting, I'm basically betting everybody that's not a pro. Not a big-name. Like, you know, okay, any of these... No, I think gets in, I'd like to put some money on him. Like, you know how, like, in golf, you know, they have all the favorites, and then you can bet the field, which is just somebody that isn't, that got in as a qualifier, or, right. or yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm stating. I like to bet the field. Well, that's a safe bet. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, you know, it's, it's like I said, you, these guys aren't going to be able to get bluffed, because, you know, they have so much money, and they're just there, you know, it's going to be a lot different, I think, than how, you know, someone like Johnny Chan or even Agrana would play it versus someone like Rufkin who, you know, who has billions of dollars. Like, it just this is just like a normal, you know, Saturday night tournament for one of us where we're just going with our friends to play. I mean, you know, that is true. To them. That may actually may be hard on the pros there who are used to playing against uh, a different type of poker player, but you have guys like, like Phil Ruffin and Andy Beal who are fearless and, and who can't be bluffed. If they don't adjust to these guys... Uh, this could really hurt them. And you would think for a million-dollar buy-in that maybe they would put the utmost effort into developing a strategy, but you know, maybe not with some of them. So it'll be interesting Lucy to Collins see. Collins wants to know if Scotty Clark will be playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think only if Lock Poker puts him in. We'll have to see if that happens. Yes, yes. But, well, let's see how much they believe in their man. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm just curious. Maybe one of you two know, or is this the first time that it's been confirmed that Andy Beal has been back playing high-stakes poker in Vegas since uh, the famous battles versus, you know, Jennifer Harmon and Todd Brunson and Phil Ivey many, many, many years ago at the win. Yeah, maybe they can help us in the chat room about this because, yeah, I haven't heard about him playing poker since he had these arguments with the, uh, the consortium of pros that were uh, rotating and playing against him. They had a, a lot of disagreements about how future matches would go, and he even wrote an open letter that was published in Card Player, yes. and they, they never resolved it, and I haven't heard of him playing poker since. Now, at the peak of this, 
they were actually playing heads up 100,000, 200,000 limit hold'em. And it's exactly as it sounds. This is not a tournament. I really mean they were playing 100K, 200K limits, limit hold'em, which is, as far as I know, the biggest cash game that has ever been played at any time. And still is to this day. But you know, I've always wanted to read that book. I can't remember. I know it was like the banker, the the. Oh, jeez, do you remember the book? Because literally there was an author. I'm not sure if it was a poker author. Oh yeah. Who sat and he watched all these matches, and he later wrote a book detailing you know all the intricacies of the match. Somebody can probably Google it real fast. And I, you know, it's one of the books I've always wanted to read. I never have. And maybe I'll actually go out and buy it because I mean the reviews on it. You know, from people that have read it, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's actually okay, involves the, the name of the banker and the suicide. I was going to say it has to do with one of our Michael users Craig. here. Thank yeah. you, Jason. Yeah, it's about, it's about uh, Andy Beal, Suicide King, and Howard Letterer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyhow, so yeah, so that's the tournament. Those are who we're in, and I mean, I'll be willing to make any small bets if I, you know, sandwich message in the chat. I'll take the field if anyone like once once it gets closer and we see. What the terms is, somebody can set a line, and, you know, we can have some fun. Um, anyhow, uh, Druff, you know, now that we're talking about the World Series, and, you know, as everyone knows, you're always about saving a buck and, if nothing else, making sure Harris doesn't get anything more than they oh, have yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> what, what is your, you know, what's some advice you may be able to give people that either have never been to the World Series or have been in terms of just saving money and things to avoid? We need some uh, theme music for Jew tips. Jew, 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 Jewish tips. You know, like Todd would tell us, yes. Bar Mitzvah music or something. Hold on a second. Maybe I can come up with something here. Let me come up with something on the fly, maybe. Okay, well, while you're doing that... Uh, yeah, some sound effects going on here. Yeah, okay, I'll let, I'll let you come up with your Jewish... Uh, Listen, man, they keep robbing the fucking Bellagio. I mean, what is going on? Like, I mean, you know, I, I, I have to think a lot of... And we're gonna, you know, we'll get to more of this later, but I have to think a lot of it is, like, the Ocean's Eleven movies and just all the, like, the perception of it, because just from, like, a criminal standpoint... It doesn't make sense to rob that casino. Yeah. I mean, there are other casinos, if you're going to rob them, that you have a better chance of getting away with. So it has to just be like the media's allure and just the way the Bellagio has just been portrayed that people just think that, that it's just, you know, I mean, because you can go to the, the MGM Grand or any other casino and there's just as much chips, if that's what you're going after, you know, than the Bellagio. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like the best choice. Yes, I mean, it doesn't. Just the access-wise and the fact you have to, you literally have to run through a great deal of space to get to any exit from a table game. Yeah. It's not like, you know, there's a table game, you know, there's a door or an exit or any kind of entry point, exit point right near a table game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were smarter. Uh, someone robbed, uh, not a big robbery, but someone robbed Treasure Island in that way where the... Yes, I'm going to get to that later yeah, on. Yeah, That's so, one of the uh, robberies that were in uh, the earlier part of... Uh, the 2000s that yeah. we'll talk about. Did you find your Jewish music yet? Um, is that your answer? <laughs> Welcome to Jewish Tips with Dan Druff. <laughs> You're going to learn today about the World Series of Poker and how to keep as much of that Jew gold in your pocket and out of Hera's grubby fingers. I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus, and I am going to tell you everything I've learned about saving those pennies at the World Series of Poker. <laughs> 
I feel like someone should be uh, picking me up on a chair at this point. <laughs> it was actually really fun when I got lifted up on a chair in my bar mitzvah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was like uh, I kind of felt like I was on a roller coaster. But well, uh, I know this is only our pi- I know this is only our pilot episode, guys. But I feel like we should incorporate this every week, Drop, where you have one Dan Drop Jewish tip of the week. Okay. This will definitely have to be the theme music, though. Okay. So, uh, I can't even turn it off. It's got a mind of its own here. It wants to just keep going back on. We have two Jews on this show. Yeah. So it's, uh, Actually, we have, uh, I think uh, we have three Jews on this show. Oh, my God. Are we all Jews? That's well, I'm Jewish. Yeah. Well, I thought when you said there are two Jews that that was just me and Druff. Yeah, was Jewish? Yes, I'm a Jew also. Wow. I had no idea. Well, there you go. So it's a, it's a very Jewish show. I hope that nobody will boycott it because of that. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you people about the World Series. And I, I know I've said some of this in the past, but it's, it's worth repeating because there's a lot of people who didn't listen to me on previous radio shows. And, you know, and things change every year and whatever. So, so here are some things you can do both to save money and just to make life easier on yourself. Because I'll tell you something. If you've never been to the World Series before, it's a freaking zoo. And, uh, in fact, it can be very intimidating just from that perspective. Even if you're not afraid of the poker play and you're pretty confident with your poker game, just the the whole setup there is a big mess. And some of this they could probably improve if they really tried, and some of this is just (laughs) inevitable with a gigantic tournament like that. But anyway, uh, first thing to know is about uh, registration. Uh, You want to get the registration out of the way beforehand. And that means go there at least the night before because the very first event that you register for, you're going to have to sign all this paperwork uh, that agrees that they can use your image if you get recorded, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's all these releases you have to sign. And, uh, you know, if you don't have a total rewards card yet, you need that in order to play. There's no way to play the World Series without getting a Harris total rewards card. So you got to get that. satellite. Yeah, or even a satellite. So you've got to get that, too. So you've got to make sure you get all these things out of the way, and you don't just show up at noon when the tournament starts at noon. Uh, You're going to have two problems, then. One is there will be a big-ass line to get in, unless it's a very uncommon event or unpopular event. And number two, you're going to have to fill out all this paperwork, as will everyone ahead of you, and it's going to be forever. So get all that done beforehand. Um, If... So... So... When you actually register doesn't really matter. There used to be a problem that everybody who registered near the end of the registration process got put at the same table, which was a huge opportunity for people to cheat and collude and chip dump, etc. Uh, they fixed that since then, so you don't have to worry about that anymore. But just make sure you do it the night before. And uh, if you're at the very, very beginning of the World Series, uh, I would go there fairly late so there isn't a gigantic line. But other than the very first events, you, you can usually register without any kind of real line there. So that's not much of a problem anymore where it used to be in previous years. Now, as far as when you're playing, uh, first of all, be aware that you're going to be up against a mixture of people. You're going to be up against some really excellent players. Some are online players. Some are just good live players. Some are, are both. You'll also be up against some okay players and some terrible players. And you, you just need to... Be aware of everything at the table, and I would suggest that you talk when you're at the table. You don't have to 
you know, constantly talk or be the social butterfly at the table, but like the guy next to you, the guy on the other side of you, talk to them because believe it or not, people at the World Series, especially inexperienced players, are dumb enough to reveal their strategy. You wouldn't think so at the World Series, but I, I've had many, many times where I'm just talking to a guy for a little bit, and then uh, like a hand finish is involving two other players, and one of them will say, oh man, did you see that? He re-raised with ace-queen. I would never re-raise with ace-queen. I only raised with the, re-raised with ace-king or better. And, and he's not saying this to mess with me. I watch how the guy plays, and indeed, he's really like very tight and barely re-raises. I'm like, okay, sweet. So like, then whenever he three-bets me, I know to dump my hand if I'm not very strong. And like, people give away things like this just because you're talking to them, just because they've, they've built up a, a friendly conversation with you at the table. And I, I don't even try to like trick them into saying these things. They just volunteer it to me. And I'm sure it's not just me. I'm, sh- I'm sure it's not just that they take a liking to me and tell me this stuff. I think anyone who talks to amateurs there at the table will, will learn things like that. So it's important uh, to be at least a little bit social at the table so, so you can find out these sort of things. And, and I've even had some people... Uh, Slow play me, or, or not slow play me, uh, soft play me, or even sometimes show me their hand like I have some crap, and they raise me, and I really have nothing, and I just pretend to think about it, and then pretend to kind of frustra- frustratedly fold, and then they flash me what they had, which is, of course, very useful as well. And again, this is not a way to trick me or anything, this is just, they feel bad for me that I look frustrated and folded. So you, you always want to make the players at the table like you. Uh, especially the ones right next to you. It's very helpful, uh, especially at no-limit events. Um, Now, as far as what events to play, I would suggest, if you want the easiest fields possible, that you play the lowest buy-in events. That is the $1,000 events and the $1,500 events. I don't think there's any $2,000 events this year. I think those have been done away with. Anything $2,500 and higher tends to be much more difficult. So if you've got $2,500 to spend on the World Series and you are deciding whether you want a 2500 event or a 1500 and a 1000 event, definitely go for the two lower events because the field is much, much easier. I'm not sure what it is, but once you get to 2500, the level of competition you typically face goes up by a lot. So I, I would definitely stick to as many low limit tournaments as possible. You'll get a lot more value that way. Even though they do take out a bigger percentage from the prize pool, uh, it's still better because you're just going to have that much of an easier time. Uh, also, uh, as far as tipping goes, and uh, since I'm going to be talking about tipping, I should put this back on. <laughs> you've already paid a tip if you enter the World Series. If you've entered the World Series of Poker, you have auto-tipped. You are forced to tip. There is no way to play the World Series without tipping because they take money out of the prize pool for tips. For that reason, if you cash, they're going to ask you, do you want to leave a tip? And if you are not very knowledgeable about it, you'll think, oh, of course I want to leave a tip. You know, I don't want to screw the dealers. Of course I should leave a tip for the dealers. Well, look, if you want to leave an additional tip for the dealer, great. You know, that's very generous of you, and especially if you're not playing professionally and you're just playing for, for fun and you're just a, a fan of poker and like playing poker and want to help out the dealers, that's great. But they, they don't tell you you've already tipped this much, do you want to tip more? They never tell you that. Instead, What's they just the percentage say, that they automatically take out? Yeah, that's a good question. It seems to change every year, and I didn't follow it this year. And then I've also heard rumors that they kind of screw the dealers, and uh, they say they're taking out, you know, like they take out from the prize pool, but then end up uh, changing what uh, what actually the dealer gets, and then they end up giving some to the, uh, the floor men, the janitors, and all these other people that uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect to get it. But 
you'd have to look on the, the structure sheet as to what they're taking out for the tips, but they always take out money for the tips, and I mean something like uh, 3% or whatever. The thing is, you've already tipped. You should know that you've already tipped, and then decide if that percentage is what you think is a fair tip. And but, I mean, if it's 3% and it's being split among all those people, how much are the dealers really getting? Uh, well, it, it, you know, it's just uh, obviously they're getting uh, – it's the same thing because uh, if there's more tables and more players, then there's more dealers. So it always breaks out about the same. You know, I heard rumors, as I said, over the years that Harris found some way to screw them. But the bottom line, that's, that's between them and Harris. But if, if, such an, if 3%, for example, is taken out for tips and you've tipped 3%, then you should know that going in when it comes time to tip that you've already tipped three percent. That you you haven't right. tipped zero, you've already tipped three. And if you want to live if you want to leave more money beyond that, that's obviously up to you. But uh, it's important that you know how much you've already left because they, they don't tell you that. And the first time I cashed in two thousand five, they asked, Do you want to tip the dealers? And I was blindsided by that question and I said, You know what, I I'm not familiar with all this stuff. I'm going to think about it and come back tomorrow and uh, and tip what I feel is right. That's what I told them. A and typical then, Jew answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I should have just told them this. <laughs> that should have just been my answer. I should just pulled out a uh, pulled out an iPod and played that to them. Well, just, guys, just so you do know, we have had some... Uh, while the uh, Dandruff Jewish Tip of the Week was going on, we've had some pretty good ideas in terms of... Uh, names for our show, since I, I, I did not know the three of us were Jews. Uh, Bobby Orr suggested it should be called Good Evening Hamas. Okay? <laughs> my, my, my personal uh, one was Three Kikes on Skype. Okay? Um, let's see. Someone else suggested... Uh, I mean, this is, uh, you, know, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's too soon. Someone else, I'm trying to scroll up here. And this is one of the things I hate about the chat, that when you're scrolling up, especially since I'm talking, and I want to read, as soon as someone types something new, it brings me right back down to the bottom. You know what I'm saying, Josh? I hate to say it, but it's not doing it to me. Okay. I think, if you, I think if you hold your finger on the mouse button as you scroll yeah. and don't let it go, then it doesn't do it. Okay, let me see it. Yeah, I'll try it that way. Another one was... Your kids on the block. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, last, last train out of Auschwitz. I mean, no, God. Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, you know, too soon. But uh, there's some... I think there are a couple good other... <laughs> Man. <laughs> but anyhow, those are, those are some uh, those are some funny ideas. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That was my idea. I like three... I mean, I, I know we will never name it this, but... Uh, Three three kites on Skype. I mean, that's you know that's basically what we are. Here, someone suggested that a tribe called Coupon. I was gonna say a tribe called Coupon. Oh God, I love our listeners. Okay, so anyway, uh, so thank you for those uh, suggestions. Keep the <laughs> suggestions coming. Uh, Hill Street Jews is another one. That'd be more appropriate if it's an LA-based show, but still pretty good. Anyway, uh, going on with World Series suggestions. Uh, as far as the bathrooms, you might laugh that I'm giving you bathroom suggestions, but this is actually something important because uh, in these big field events like those weekend $1,000 and $1,500 no-limit tournaments, you will get out, you'll have 20 minutes on a break, and you'll say, oh, 20 minutes to take a piss, that's simple. Well, you know, vowels, if you come and play, it'll be fine because there are not very many women in the field. So I think the ladies' room is like wide open, but the men's room 
It's just there's, there's an obscene line in every men's room you try to go to. Even if you, like, sprint out of the room, you somehow will still run into that huge line. So what I would suggest is... Uh, yeah, you could... I was going to say, there, there's two options. You can either... Well, there's a few options. You could actually get a sex change and cut off your penis, and then there will not be a line. Hebrew National Poker Radio. <laughs> man, oh, man, oh, bed shit. <laughs> man, oh, man, oh, bed shit. That would definitely apply tonight. You know, we, uh, we definitely shit yeah, the bed at the beginning of the night. Oh, that's so, that is hilarious. I'm sorry. Right now, that's my favorite. DRK Star. Man, oh, man, oh, bed shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's some funny stuff, guys. Yeah. So wow. So the other things you can do, other than uh, wearing a diaper or, or bringing a two-liter bottle to piss into, uh, if you want to get to the bathroom, because honestly, you will miss some of your poker there uh, just waiting in that bathroom line in those big field events. Go outside. There's actually outdoor bathrooms that they, at least they did this for the last two years, these uh, porta-potties that are not bad. They, they're actually these big things that function just like regular bathrooms. They're not like little outhouses. So if you go outside, it's kind of like in the back. Instead of walking towards the main hallway, you walk down the other way and walk through a, a door that you kind of push out. And you go in the back there. It's where everybody goes to smoke. And those bathrooms tend to have a much more reasonable line. So that's a good place to go to take a piss during the breaks of those big field events. And you may laugh at it now, but this is actually very important if you don't want to miss hands uh, and... Uh, so I would suggest that as far as the bathrooms go. Now, as far as eating, unfortunately this year, Harris is pretty much screwing everyone as far as the food credits they're getting. They're not giving you the $10 vouchers anymore. Now they are giving you credit on your total rewards card. Now the good thing about this credit is it doesn't expire, or at least it doesn't expire as quickly, and you can use it for anything you want. You can use it for food, hotel rooms, the gift shop, you know, whatever the hell you want. But the bad thing is that you won't get as much money unless you're playing a high buy-in event. It's now based upon how high the buy-in event is that you're entering. So the World Series, I think you're going to... The main event of the World Series, you're getting like 30 bucks in credit, but like the $1,000 event, I think you're getting like 3 bucks or 4 bucks. What's so, the cost of an average meal? Well, yeah, that's the problem, is that with 3 or 4 bucks, you're not going to get anything. It, you're going to definitely have to spend money, real money out of your pocket for that, but... Are we talking like 15, 20 bucks? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, okay. yeah and, and what I'd suggest here is either just bring your own food to snack on or uh, or just... Uh, what did you move that to be, right? You got a little brown paper, paper bag with a sandwich. Well, you know, I had, I had actually a routine on the main event in 2010. I don't know if you followed this, Angel, but in 2010, I had my run at the main event uh, it seemed like everybody who was involved with Neverwind Poker in the ownership there at one point had a really deep run in the main event. Mine was in 2010, where I made 88th place. So I lasted like almost six full days in the main event. And what I did is I brought in a Gatorade, a 32-ounce Gatorade every day, and that was what I drank while I was there. And I, it's like Gatorade associated, like, in my mind, that's what I associated with the main event. Whenever I saw Gatorade, I thought about those days I played the main event, and uh, Gatorade had a very soft spot in my heart until I went to the dentist in October of that year and had seven cavities. Ooh. I could not I believe it. Drug. Do, you know, do you know what I associate that 2010 
deep main event runs, like when I think about it, what? it sticks out to me. What? Well, you should know. I mean, you're going to know when I say it. No, and no, nothing's coming to mind? No. My favorite all-time big-breasted poker dealer. Oh, yes, that's right. You know, that's he true. He brought you run good, like, numerous times. That is true. There, there was a big-breasted poker dealer there that every time she dealt at my table, I by far did the best at the table. I just, I owned everyone there so hard every time she came to deal the table. So, Did she show it off? Did she had a low-cut top? You know what's funny? It was the opposite. The, the way these World Series of Poker uniforms work, even the biggest-breasted girls like flat-chested. Yeah, it's, it's very It's really strange. I don't know how they manage it, but like, like I don't, you can take one of these porn stars with like the triple-H breasts and put them in one of those uniforms, and, and uh, you know, they look like they've got an A-cup. I, I don't know how it manages, but, but anyway... That was another thing that happened that year in, in uh, 2010. But, yeah, I got seven cavities from Gatorade, and my dentist, the first thing he asked me is, do you drink Gatorade? And I said, yes. And he said, Gatorade has a lot of acid in it, and it's like every Gatorade you drink is like drinking five sodas of the same size. Uh -huh. Wow. I heard the same thing about Red Bull, too. Jeez. So. That's, but uh, Bobby Orr also points out one other thing, that besides the big-breasted dealer, the seven cavities, and also a terrible, terrible case of the shingles. Immediately after. No, that wasn't immediately after. That was well. That was in October. Okay. Well, but that was yeah. that was actually when Benjamin was born. The the uh, five minutes before his mother's water broke. <laughs> I, I, I literally five minutes. I I went up to her and I said, "Look, you know this weird feeling my skin has. Like you know, I like I've never felt anything like this before, and I don't really see much there. Can you take a look?" And she took a look and she says, "Well, I see a little bit of a rash there. It, you know, it looks like it could be shingles." And they go, "Oh wow!" So I said, "You know what? I'm gonna." emailed my brother, you know, who's a doctor, and uh, see what he thinks about it. I'll take some pictures of it, and uh, I'm going to go to sleep because I feel really tired from this, too. I get in bed, and five minutes later, she calls out to me that her water broke. So, that was, uh, then I did not get any sleep that night. So, anyway, uh, going back to the World Series, though, in, uh, so what, what I would also suggest here for the World Series is that if you want to use your phone, and you want to use it a lot, meaning to listen to a lot of music, watch movies, browse the web, anything that eats up your phone's battery. I would invest in an external battery that you plug it into. Because external batteries are perfect for the World Series because you're not really walking around anywhere. You're, you're just sitting there at a table. So it's not like having to carry it around everywhere with you. You're mostly just sitting around for hours upon hours upon hours. And if you want to be able to use your phone... Get one of these external batteries. I got one uh, called the New Trent, which is a very That's good one. That's what I have, too, for my iPhone. And yeah. It's actually very good. Yeah, they, they last a long time, and it'll get you through easily the entire day, and then you just go recharge the external battery overnight. And uh, then you don't have to worry about battery life. Uh, they do. Uh, last year, they had these ridiculous charging stations where for 15 minutes of a charge, how does it charge you five bucks? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So as a Jew, I say that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so I would bring an external battery if you're planning to use your phone a lot. And one of the things I'm going to do on my phone while I'm there is I'm going to be updating everyone with my progress in the events I'm playing because uh, you know a number of people bought pieces of me here. I appreciate that, and I'm, I'm going to be updating everyone about my chip stack and notable hands and and things like that. And uh, so if, definitely bring one of those if you want to use your phone. Now, let me talk about parking a little bit. If you don't have a car there, then don't worry about it, obviously. But if you have a car, uh, 
there's a World Series line. I wouldn't bother with the valet because there's a big line for it. Uh, if you can get into it, great, but there tends to be a big line at least getting into it at the beginning of the event. Uh, but, you know, the parking lot, uh, there's always spots in the parking lot by the convention center, which you can easily get to. Just ask someone if you can't find it. And that parking lot is right in front of the main entrance of the hallway of the convention center of the Rio, which is where the World Series takes place. Don't park in that main lot that most people park in when they go to the casino. You're going to have a long walk. And speaking of long walks, the dinner break is usually 90 minutes, sometimes 60, depending on what, what time the event starts. But the dinner break, obviously, with thousands of people going to dinner at the same time, at least in the big field events, it's hard to get into restaurants. So what I would do is if you have someone who's with you that's watching you or a friend or whatever, have them go to uh, the restaurant you know, a few minutes before the break, before the dinner break, and, and get a table. And if you don't have anyone there to do that with you, just as soon as the dinner break comes, just make a beeline out of there, and it sounds stupid, but run or walk very briskly to a restaurant you've already picked out, maybe the American Grill, maybe Buzio's, whatever, and get there. And you, if, as long as you walk ahead of the vast majority of people, then you'll get a seat. Otherwise, you can forget it. So if you do want to have dinner at the Rio during the dinner break, then I would suggest doing that. Don't just stroll out during the dinner break. Or by the time you get to any restaurant, it'll be jammed and you won't get a table and you won't finish in time. And of course, watch the clock that uh, 90 minutes doesn't pass and that you miss hands. Because every time I come back from the dinner break, there's several people at the table who have not come back. And of course, I relentlessly steal those blinds. So you, you don't want to give away anything. You really should try the hardest not to give away anything at the World Series, either to other players or to Harris. So... Find every way you can. Piss pot and some food with you, your and some drink. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah, bring your two little bottle. Bring a two liter bottle. First drink from it, then piss into it, and uh, <laughs> it pretty much covers everything. So anyway, that's that's the that's story. That, that's that's some advice I'm giving for the World Series. I won't bother to go into uh, specific events or or specifically about the play. Uh, the only thing I'll say quickly about the play is you'll pretty much tell from a short time at the table who the ones are that will be making moves and who the ones are that will be playing super straightforward. And there will be a lot of super straightforward players at your tables, especially in the lower buy-in events. And when these guys raise you, take it seriously because they probably have you beat. So don't, don't be used to the internet where everyone's re-raising you light. It's not like that at the World Series. It's like that with some players... But you'll notice the ones that it's not going to be like. And when you can see them in person, when you can see their face, when you can see the type of guy it is, you know, when it's a dude who's, you know, 60 years old and tells you he runs a construction business in Illinois, you know he's probably not re-raising you light. Especially if you watch his play and he seems very straightforward and only shows down to real hands. So, Todd, do they serve alcoholic drinks at the tables? Um, you know... I don't yes, drink. They do. Okay, thank you, Brandon. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I thought they did. I was just, uh, I, I never drink, so it's one of these things I don't even pay attention to. But I don't drink either when I play, so I can't comment on if it's just beer or you know, just bottom shelf liquor. I mean, no, obviously it's nothing premium, but uh, from all the years in the past that I've played, um, they'll, they'll comp Red Bulls, water, and. Uh, you know, a, a selection of draft beer, no bottles, of, of course, and then some kind of, uh, you know, mixed drink. So, yeah. So did you ever end up with somebody 
kind of drunk at the table? Well, you know, I, I mean, normally, I, I really haven't had that many experiences with people playing drunk, but there was something very, very interesting that happened. Uh, and, of course, like, you know, you just think about, like, the infamous horse tournament in, uh, was it 2009 between uh, Scotty Wynn and Michael D. McKelly, where Scotty Wynn was just so drunk, and, you know, it was almost an embarrassment, you know. Um, but uh, a couple years ago, when Vanessa Selps won her bracelet, uh, her first bracelet, it was in PLO, and her when they got heads up, her opponent was so drunk that he just started potting it and repotting it and... and you know, calling calling raises blind. You know, without even looking at his cards, he was just making a mockery of it. But he was just so fucking. I mean, I remember watching it. You know, and he was just was so drunk that I, I don't even think. I mean, he even realized the magnitude of you know, like the four hundred thousand dollar difference in what he was playing for. And but uh, I mean, you've seen that. You know, I, I see a lot in cash games, but in terms of the World Series, I don't think I've ever encountered somebody that belligerently drunk that. They either couldn't play or they had to be removed or cut off. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen drop, that What about you? No, I haven't seen that either. Yeah. Well, we have uh, one one poster, poster who is asking if somebody's ever farted and the smell has been so intimidating that you had to get up from the table. You know what? So that, that has happened many times. Let me ask you something, Brandon. If you have to fart at the table, uh, do you always make sure to get up and walk away from where nobody can smell it? You know what? You know, this may sound weird, but most people understand. If I have the feeling that it's going to be one of those kind of silent but deadly ones, yes, I will. But if I kind of like, you know, say, say I just had Mexican and I know it's just going to be a monstrosity, you know, yes, I will. But if I know it's just kind of going to be one of those ones that really is going to leave a mark, maybe somebody will kind of be like, hmm, there's something there. And, you know, <laughs> within five seconds it kind of blows over. No, then I, I won't get up. I can kind of gauge my, my gas. Really? Pretty I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. But uh, I'll tell you, though, I I never take the chance. I always say, look, I don't want to be the guy that the whole table smells on. The guy next to me is like, it's really strong over here. And then the person next to them, you're pretty strong for me, too. What about you over there? Uh, And then the other person is like, no, 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 it doesn't smell over here. Well, we know who did it. Like, I didn't want that. So whenever I have to fart, not only do I get up from the table, but I get up pretending like I have a purpose, like I have to throw something away or I need to make a phone call. And uh, and then I walk somewhere away from where no one's going to smell it, and then come back. So I, I don't risk it. I'm, I'm conservative with the farting there at the table. So it's very difficult for women because we like to blame the dog, and there's just no canines there. So. <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad if the only girl at the table is actually dropping farts. <laughs> like, that'd be the worst. You know, like these days, what is the status quo in like a relationship when a girl... Like an openly fart in front of her boyfriend. I think that's the point at which the relationship is about to end. <laughs> okay, is that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, if you get that comfortable, I mean, you should have separate bathrooms. I really recommend this. Uh, don't don't take a poop around your significant other. Don't let them hear you. Don't let them uh, smell you. <laughs> so, so Bowles, you're saying, uh, you know, with your significant other, even though you've been with him now quite some time, correct? It has been a bit of time, and I would say that probably the biggest turnoff for both men and women is hearing and smelling those bodily functions. So if you can go into a separate part of the house, it's it's a great idea to keep the the pizzazz into the relationship. I, honestly, uh, there's nothing that grosses me out more than when uh, my partner farts and he's right there in the bed with me. <laughs> he thinks oh. it's funny. Yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> 
You know, I've never been one of those guys that for some reason just from what I hear, guys tend to think that's funny. Like, mm-hmm. just, it's like, farting, and I'm not, yeah, I'm more of, like, an old-fashioned romantic kind of guy, you know, but, uh, yeah, the it's reason why... It's funny, but it's not sexy. The reason why I'm also asking is because literally, you know, and I've been in, I've been in long-term relationships. I probably have only heard two or three girls fart ever in my entire life, and I didn't know if that was, like, a low number or a high number. Yeah, or, I haven't really, you know, I don't really hear it very often either. It's something that I haven't really experience that much, thankfully. Most women try to keep it separate and, and, and secret, and, and that's the smart thing to do because, I mean, honestly, answer me, guys. If you have a gassy girlfriend, no matter how hot she is, isn't that going to detract from your attraction? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, and sometimes even I'll go as far as, like, if I am near a bathroom when a girl's going and I have a feeling it's number two, I'll walk into another room or outside, whether it's my home or hers, just to make sure that there's no ramifications that go on in there that possibly could be heard on the outside. No, you know, I, I can't even think of, of when that's happened. I was actually trying to think about that during this conversation, and I, I have not been able to come up with that. I've tricked my brain into believing that any girl I date does not ever take a shit. And I know that sounds no, very, very odd. That is the correct assumption because I think if you are a a woman who is in a serious relationship, you need to somehow convince your partner that you don't shit. Right. (laughs) Yes. That's, I mean, that's, yes, 100%. That is exactly how I look at it. So I've never, I've really, I've only dated one girl that's ever shit before. And um, (laughs) it didn't last very long. And, well, I mean, there was a floater. Um, and, and that's the evidence is in the pudding, basically. And then, you know, it, it ended very, very shortly thereafter. You know, that, that is hard, especially at the beginning of a relationship. If a girl leaves a, a floater there, it's hard to continue. I very, mean. absolutely. I've ended, I've ended relationships, like I said, I ended one over a, and it was a small floater, but a floater nonetheless. And that's why for the ladies that are out there, it's always important to, if, if nothing else, double flush. Okay, you can't always be sure that single flush is going to get it. Double <laughs> Always okay. stay in the bathroom and pay attention to these things. Yes. And, and you know, bring incense, perfume, whatever you have to do. <laughs> yes. Advice yes. for the women. I don't think we have many female vowels. listeners, but. And that is vowels. Uh, I, I, what would we call this segment, vowels? Well, the, woman, the fart segment. The women's bodily function tip of the week. <laughs> I, I, I think, honestly, women do not have bodily functions, and that's it. They I've never dated a girl. I've only dated one girl. Uh, one. Pretty women do not have bodily functions. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you know, we actually we're we're about the midway point through the show, the maximum time we can have on this show. So let's uh, let's move on as, as as much material I'm sure we can get out of that discussion topic there. I think uh, we unfortunately do have to move on. Uh, Brandon, there was a Bellagio robbery, another one, and we touched on this a bit earlier, but uh, you know a lot of details about this robbery and about other casino heists in Las Vegas and around Nevada. Why don't you tell us some about that? You know, what's funny is that when you were doing your, when you're finding your Havana Gila, you know, I made a point of stating that it seems like the Bellagio just keeps getting hit and hit and robbed and robbed, and I don't, uh, I don't get it. Like, other than, uh, you know, like I mentioned the fact that in the media and Ocean's Eleven, it's been portrayed as like the crown jewel of Nevada. Um, I'm trying to actually, it's one window I don't have open. I'm trying to find, let me find it real fast. Uh, the actual article, okay, here we go, about the Robert, for those that haven't read about it. But, While uh, you're looking for that. Um, yeah, I found it. Uh, okay, go ahead. 
Okay. Uh, this was actually on Saturday, and uh, what ended up happening, this is an article from the Las Vegas Sun that I'm going to be reading from. A hapless bandit lost his wig, sunglasses, and $115,000 worth of casino chips when security wrestled him to the floor during a botched weekend heist at a posh Vegas strip resort, authorities said Monday. Two men attempted to rob the Blasio on Saturday night by spraying a blackjack dealer and others with eye-burning, with an eye-burning chemical, police said. With the distraction in the air, Michael Q. Belton snatched up nearly two dozen high-value chips and took off for the floor, according to police. The men who sprayed pepper spray gas, the man who sprayed spray pepper uh, spray gas escaped, but Belton was tackled to the floor and held until police arrived. Belton struggled at first and then suddenly stopped fighting. Okay, moving along in this article, uh, Belton asked detectives while being interviewed, uh, while he was being arrested, how long am I going away for? Belton also said that uh, he, he was from... Nuevo, California, which is, I guess, 65 miles east of Los Angeles, he told the officers that arrested him he robbed the Bellagio because he needed the money because he is unemployed and his grandparents are ill. He told police he didn't know the man who got away. Now, here's the interesting part. Bolton told investigators that he responded to an Internet posting on Craigslist for a job <laughs> repossessing cars. But when he came to Vegas, the man who posted the job said that instead of repossessing cars, he wanted to help him rob the Bellagio. <laughs> Anyhow, nonetheless, as of yesterday, Belton, Belton was held in Clark County Jail on $60,000 bail, which, by the way, let me just note, that is $495,000 less than what Peter D.C. is being held on, um, <laughs> awaiting his initial court appearance, uh, which was today, actually, on felony robbery, conspiracy, and burglary charges. Um, and then the other person I am pretty sure, you know, and I need to read, got caught today, but I need to go, and I will have an update for that in a second. Well, second I want to ask you to take a look at the... Have you seen the picture of Michael Quinn Belton? Yes, I have. Okay, now, who do you think he looks like of people who used to be part of our community? There's someone he reminds me of a lot. Younger, but reminds me, me of him. Hold on. Let me look it up right now. Yeah, I'm look, let me look it up again. Yeah, it's in the Las Vegas Sun article. That's where I see the picture. And he looks a lot like somebody that... Uh, oh. I'll, I'll, the hint I'll give is that someone who does not post in our forum or any of our similar forums anymore but was once an active poster. Okay, I'm going to it right now. And the person's older than this guy, who's 24, but uh, looks a lot like him. See if anyone I'm figures this out. Let's see. Where are you finding it? In, uh, yeah, it I just, um, I googled, what was it, uh, Bellagio pepper spray robbery, and then clicked on the Las Vegas Sun article, which I think was the second thing to come up. Okay, let me I, I just noticed this now, otherwise I would have prepared you two to talk about this. But <laughs> okay, hold on, let me do this. Bellagio pepper spray, or I just do Bellagio robbery. Let's see if that will bring it. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, like felon. There we go, it looks like felon. This, this guy looks so much like felon. But it's not him. I know, but it looks like him a lot. It does look like him. <laughs> Whatever happened to him? Did he go away again, you think? I don't know. He, he don't stole lottery tickets, and then I don't know what happened after that. Oh, wow, yeah. I just found it. Wow. Yeah, it's, That's like, it's like felons come back to rob the Bellagio. So. <laughs> well, he would be proud to have that on his the record, I'm sure. <laughs> so, um, I think I remember reading on the news or hearing this morning that they caught the second person 
but uh, I'm not sure if anyone in the chat... Uh, yeah, there are actually three people involved. There was this guy, Michael Quinn Belton, who answered the Craigslist ad. There was another person who answered the Craigslist ad. And then there was the ringleader who came up with the whole idea named Carlos Rodriguez. And uh, Carlos Rodriguez was not one of the people going into the Bellagio. Uh, so the, the two people who actually went in were this Michael and also another Carlos... And the other Carlos got away, and they don't know anything about him. The Carlos Rodriguez, though, the ringleader, they had his full name, and they even saw that he checked into a hotel in Vegas sometime around then. So that must have been who they tracked down, because they had his real name and everything. By the way, I just got a text from uh, my friend Jeannie, who's in the chat, and she wanted me to say she was hilariously laughing during the segment uh, in which we were talking about before. She thought it should be called, the segment should be called Bowels with Vowels. (laughs) I don't know if I could go for that, but okay. Anyhow, she... Uh, Sounds funny. Yeah, she is. She is. But, uh... And anyhow, this is not a uh, a porn girl, right? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Jeannie is very re- respectable. Very respectable person who lives in Las Vegas. A very, very dear, close friend of mine okay. um, who plays poker as well. It's very well regarded in Las Vegas, like in the poker scene, in the poker world. So, but uh, she's listening and she said she just was cracking up. It was hurting. Uh, hearing, you know, hearing that segment. But, Jeremy Druff, before I go on with these robbers, what do you think, I mean, you know, do you agree with my theory that the reason it seems, or, or at least the reason Obliger has been hit now, I'm looking five times it's been robbed um, since it's opened uh, because of the, the attention, like the media has given it, that the movie Ocean's Eleven, other things where people just think it's like the crown jewel and they don't even look at, the fact that they're easier, easier casinos, if that, you know, just to rob in general, from a, just a semantics point of view? Yeah, I bet it has to do with that. I think it's just that uh, people think of the Bellagio. You just mentioned to the average person, quickly name the highest-end property in Vegas. Like, everyone thinks of the Bellagio because it's been around since the mid-'90s and it's always been thought of as one of the first-class properties there. And, and I think, yeah, Ocean's Eleven probably made that even more enticing to rob the place, especially since they got away with it. So... I, I, I mean, you have to think that that's some of the reason, and some of the other reasons, just because that's what people think of when they think of a casino with a lot of high-limit games. And obviously, it's a bad idea to go after something like the Bellagio when they've already had that many attempts, and it's just not a very logistically, it's just not good. There's, there's yeah. not tables by the door, and you know, I know you looked up some other. Yes. Uh, robbery. So why, why don't you tell us about some yeah, okay. of these? Well, these are not in any particular order, but these were the five most infamous that I found. And I guess a lot of it, excuse me, is in terms of the, the dollar amounts that were stolen uh, than anything else. Um, obviously, you know, the, the, the first one that came to mind that probably rings in most people's ears still is what was referred to, again, at the Bellagio in December of 2010 as the Bellagio Biker Bandit. And uh, the, the way this story broke and came out was the world came to know him as a Bellagio biker bandit. He was a man who stole $1.5 million worth of casino chips from the Bellagio during a heist that occurred on December 14, 2010. Uh, almost like the pages of like an old Hollywood movie, 29-year-old Anthony Carleo rode up to the casino entrance on a motorcycle, walked up to the craps table, pulled out, pulled out a gun and demanded chips. 
What was his downfall? Well, this is what his downfall was. Okay, and listen to this range of stupidity. Okay, he stole a wide range of chip denominations, uh, including, obviously, the highest denomination that they had at the dice table, which were $25,000. Then what he did with, he had $1.5 million in chips. Uh, he was wearing a mask. They really had no leads at all who this guy was. He creates an account on an internet poker website. Okay? Okay. Guess what the email he uses to register the account is? Cranberry Kid. Okay? 25 at yahoo.com. And a reference, of course, the 25K chips, which, you know, are commonly known as cranberries. And then what is his name on this forum, which, I mean, we should just say it. It was on 2 Plus 2. He creates a forum name called Biker Bandit. That's his true name. Brilliant guy. Yeah, brilliant. Jeff, do you remember this? Like, we were yes, in yes. all the lulls about this guy? Yes, it was amazing. So, yeah, so anyhow, and, and even with all that stupidity, okay, it wasn't until he came to the Bellagio and started playing um, with chips, meaning, you know, he would walk up to a, a Highland Bellagio table and basically try to launder the chips, uh, meaning, like, you can't, you know, especially 25K chips, but even nowadays... For the most part, if you walk up to a, uh, because of laws that were in place after 9-11, and it's basically like uh, referred to as like the $10,000 law, in which you cannot claim or you cannot cash over $10,000 in chips, no matter what your buy-in even is, in Las Vegas over, a, uh, over 24 hours without them getting your driver's license, social security number, and other information, which they then send to the IRS. So uh, that's something that changed after 9-11. I think around 2004, it was actually incorporated. But uh, so what he did is basically tried to launder these chips and would sit down at a blackjack table and just buy in for a $25,000 or $50,000 chip, show his player's card, okay, and then lose a little bit, have the chips kind of broken down, meaning, you know, he'd, he'd hand in a 25 k chip and get you know, $1,000 chips or $500 chips, and then go and try to cash four or 5000 at a time, which is under the radar. But they're smart enough and they're sophisticated enough to know, especially that since they just got, you know, they just there was a heist there that somebody they've never heard of comes in with chips, but in that large amount, of course, it, it, it just rings all kinds of bells and whistles. And they set up a sting, and eventually he was caught, and, and they found the chips at his home, and he actually got sentenced uh, to tw for, for 9 to 27 years in prison. He was sentenced uh, late last year in 2011. And the other thing that was interesting about it is his father at that time was a judge in Clark yeah. County. Uh, uh, by the way, his name on uh, 2 Plus 2 was actually Ocean, Ocean Spray 25, which was the 25 was the okay. reference to the uh, 25K value of the chips and Ocean Spray, okay. of course, a cranberry yeah. reference. Right. I'm reading, yeah, I guess on the article I'm reading, they had it... Uh, Wrong, but but they did say his email address was cranberrykid25 at yahoo.com. So, but yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Um, anyhow, other eyes, and this is probably the most famous. I remember reading it, uh, uh, watching the documentary on I think the History Channel about it before I moved out to Vegas, and also living here when it actually resolved itself. And this was a robbery that occurred at Circus Circus in 1993. And it wasn't your standard, typical robbery in terms of guns, you know, bursting out into a casino or somebody walking up to a cage. What this was, um, was a girl named Heather 
Heather Tallchief, who at the time was very, very young. I think she was 23 or 24. She was a Loomis armored car driver. And anyhow, what she ended up doing uh, was they were dropping off $2.95 million in, uh, it was in the armored car. Okay, hold on, people. We, uh, I just disconnected both people. But uh, my fault. No problem. Oh, Sorry yeah. about that. Okay. I'm back. Oh, did you cut us both off? Uh, you both got cut off, yes. That, I, okay. I hit the wrong I button. That. Yeah. Well, anyhow, and I still don't really understand, even even though it was 1993, that you would think there'd be more precautions. But anyhow, a 24-year-old that had only been working there for a short amount of time was left alone in an armored truck with $2.95 million in front of Circus Circus. Wow. And, uh, and that was... I guess their day, or you know, I don't know how many days a, a week they went, but they had a cycle where they'd go to various casinos and they filled up the ATMs, and that's what—that's why there's so much money carried. And I believe this was also before a very busy weekend. It might have been a Mike Tyson fight, but anyhow, nonetheless, uh, she got away with it, and it—it—it it, 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 she drove off uh-huh. in the desert with 2.95 million dollars. She appeared on America's Most Wanted. There are documentaries. And nobody ever heard a peep from her. She just totally disappeared off the face of the earth until 2005, when she came to Las Vegas. <laughs> and she said, "No, but well, it's it's not it's dumb as, as you think it may be." But at that time, she was living in the Netherlands. She had gotten remarried. She had changed her name and had a child. And neither her husband uh, or any of her friends in her life knew about her past. And it was more. I guess a morality thing uh, in terms of wanting to accept responsibility and just move on with her life, because even authorities admitted they had no idea who she was. I mean, there was no clue. Um, you know, she had a, a a new name, a new social security number. She was living in the Netherlands, but she contacted an attorney in Las Vegas and negotiated with authorities over a period of a couple months. And like I said, I think she had a, it was either a four or five year old. Wow! So she turned um, herself in. And she came, yes, and this was huge news. I, I remember... For some reason, I never heard of this. Yes, I remember all the, the news channels covering it when she actually walked into the Clark County Courthouse and surrendered. Um, but her name, again, for anyone that wants to Google it, is Heather Tall Chief, just like it sounds, uh, T-A-L-L-C-H-I-E-F. And uh, she was sentenced to five years and three months in prison and has been released since then. But the thing that was odd about that is, you know, and again, authorities admitted they had no clue or indication or even any scent of where she was. The trail had been dead for years, and it literally was just the sense of wanting her husband to know and not having this burden uh, for the rest of her life and having to live, you know, under fear. And she came here. I believe she served, like, a little over half her sentence. I, I want to say maybe two and a half, three years. But uh, it's a very interesting read. Um, and the, Is and the this only, story in that book, Storming Las Vegas? Um, you know what? I didn't. I've not read that book. It very well could be. Um, I'm not sure. But we are going to get to the next person. I believe on my list is uh, the person that uh, was behind that book or, or the namesake in that book. Um, and that let me just find the link. And wait, hold on. This is. We'll go to that next. Uh, okay, are, you, are we talking about, uh, okay, what is his name again? I'm trying to think of his name, because I know I, let's see, 
that was responsible for storming. Okay, here we go. This is his name. His name was, and this is in reference to uh, the book Storming Las Vegas. His name was Jose Manuel Vigoa. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. V-I-G-O-A. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, once again, the Bellagio, and this was in uh, the early 2000s. Uh, it doesn't actually say what year, funny enough, but two men wearing body armor stormed over the cashier's cage at the Bellagio and took $160,000 in cash and casino, casino chips. Meanwhile, a third accomplice, uh, accomplice stood as a lookout. As they fled, the suspects fired shots at, sec- uh, at security guards who were chasing them. Nobody was injured. Authorities arrested uh, Oscar Sanchez, Cineros, and then Jose Manuel Vagoa, who was 40 at the time, and also a gentleman named Luis Suarez. Does it seem like uh, there's a overload of uh, Latinos doing these crimes? I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, it does seem that. Well, at least the guy arrested uh, just recently was white. I know the uh, the accomplices were Hispanic, but at least we at least we had a white guy involved. Yeah. Are so, there a is there a large uh, Hispanic population yeah, there's, in there's, there's a large Mexican population. I'd say in terms of just Latino in general, Mexican is a dominant. Um, race in terms of the Spanish or Latino population in Vegas, yes. And, I mean, there are you know, a lot of Puerto Ricans. And There's actually a lot of everything in Vegas. There's a lot, a lot of white people, a lot of Mexicans, a lot of black people, even a very large Hawaiian population. There are actually so many Hawaiians in Las Vegas, it's the, uh, the biggest Hawaiian community outside of Hawaii. And Filipinos as well. There's yeah. a ton of Filipinos, yeah. But the Hawaiians and Filipinos don't seem to be robbing the casinos. No, no. They, <laughs> no they, yeah, they have money and they're playing dice and just, you know, the girls are stripping. But um, anyhow, <laughs> no, I, it's just funny I say that because, I, I, you know, I grew up in South Florida. I'd never seen a Filipino person before in my life. And it just seems like, you know, when I was younger and used to frequent, uh, you know, gentlemen's clubs, there were always a lot, in terms of, like, the Asian girls that worked there, they were predominantly always Filipino, um, which, I mean, I, you know, I'm not stereotyping anyone, maybe, it's just, you know, that's the way it is, I don't know, but uh, I always thought Possibly that was... Possibly a lot of them were uh, transgender. You know, that, that's, that could be very true also. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, uh, another, this was another Bellagio casino robbery, and then... Uh, in fact, he had robbed the Bellagio a couple other times before that, which is, this is amazing. I need to actually read up on this because I was totally unfamiliar with this. But anyhow, nonetheless, and this, this is what I always find funny about the law, like just the justice system in general. Um, in August 2002, he was sentenced to four no-parole life sentences and an additional 306 to 760 years in, in prison for the various casino robberies that he, that he had pulled off. A year later, I guess they charged him with another casino robbery that they didn't have proof that was him, and they added on another 15 years to the Senate. <laughs> but what I don't get, and I've always thought this is the biggest fucking waste of taxpayers' money, is if you sentence a guy to 760 years in prison on, like, five different charges, why go through a trial? Well, what if, you know, what if he has, like, really, 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 really good behavior? Could he uh, knock that down to, like, uh, 50 years? Like, <laughs> Like, I've never understood that. Like, when a judge will sentence someone to, like, 800 years and then they'll tack on that additional 10 years. Like, what does that mean? Like, what maybe, it means that? That, maybe it means know. that, like, there'll be a major medical breakthrough to where we all live to 800. And now these people will get out and commit crimes again. So it's important to add on some years when you can. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, I, that's always just... Okay, anyhow, now this is, and a lot of people don't know this, 
uh, one of the biggest thefts, if not the biggest, that has ever gone uh, without without being solved. And this was in 1992. And, you know, again, the way it happened, it's, it's been pretty much under the radar. In fact, again, I'll admit, I did not even know about it until I was reading about it today. But in 1992... A, star, a Stardust sportsbook cashier walked out the front door of the now-demolished Stardust with an estimated half a million dollars worth of cash and casino chips. The suspect who they know him, his name was William Brennan, has not been seen since. Um, at this time, as of 1992, it was considered the largest casino theft ever. Um, and they, they classify casino theft as unlawfully taking goods or services without using violence or threats. Like basically just stealing, you know, not robbing. Um, anyhow, the Stardust employees describe Brennan, who was 34 at the time, as clean cut. He was originally from Pennsylvania and just all around very nice guy. He was a um, nice guy, very quiet. Nobody ever thought anything about him. But years and uh, never... Never been seen, heard from, never caught him, just gone with half a million dollars. It's just like the serial killers, you know. You, you know. Yeah. The, the neighbors never think anything of it. Well, you know what? I had a conversation with the girl I met Peter D.C. through, and she just kept telling me over and over how nice Peter was. Right. And I, I kept trying to explain to her that like, she was kind of in denial that he was completely a scammer. She's like, oh, he was always so nice. He never asked for anything in return. He never tried anything sexually. He, he took me out to dinner all the time. He was nothing but sweet and nice. You know, he's such a nice guy. And I'm like, Is he no, a he's a scammer. Guy? No, he's just like an average looking dude. Huh. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. And then this is another weird one, and it's very surprising, like, like, and this is the last one. When I read these, I'm not that familiar with them, and I wonder, you know, obviously, I, I guess the media, for the most part, doesn't want to publicize this. Obviously, this isn't something the Las Vegas, you know, tourism bureau is never going to talk about, but in 2000, the Treasure Island was robbed three times, okay, by the same person named Reginald Johnson. <laughs> Three times. So why not? If you get away with it twice, uh, you can pretty much keep hitting it. Yes, three times. Anyhow, uh, nonetheless, he eventually, after the third time, and it doesn't really give an an idea or or reason of how he was caught, other than police saw him walking down Lake Mead Boulevard um, hours after his third robbery attempt. And for those that don't know, Vegas, well, Lake Mead is far away from from the Strip. It's not anywhere near, you know, it's a residential... uh, residential area, kind of like where uh, Bad Guy 23 lives, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, he lives in a residential neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. So anyhow, uh, Reginald Johnson eventually pleaded guilty to all three Treasure Island robberies. In March 2011, a judge sentenced him to 130 years in prison for the robberies. During a colorful sentencing hearing where Johnson made several outbursts and laughed while watching surveillance video of him shooting the various security guards. (laughs) I mean, just what the fuck? So those are obviously the most notorious robberies in terms of dollars, you know, that have occurred uh, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years or so. And even, I guess, like the the Stardust and Circus Circus, which which was in the early 90s. And uh, I guess last but not least, while we're talking about this, and this is just insane, uh, because I was there two months ago, and I know the exactly... Uh, where this occurred, two Canadian tourists were killed right outside valleys yesterday in Atlantic City with a freaking cop car literally 10 feet next to them, where a cop was sitting there doing some sort of paperwork, and by the time he noticed what was going on, uh, they had the, the, the two people, in the, and this was a female that ended up killing two other females 
uh, ended up stabbing them both to death, trying to just steal their purse. And I hope you know, we're not giving our listeners any bad ideas. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's just, and then you know, at the Taj Mahal, where, which I actually spent some time on when I was there, uh, twice in like a year and a half, two people were killed in carjackings in their parking garage, and you know, and I'm reading, and I mean, this just doesn't make sense to me. I'm reading, you know, a lot of these statements from uh, you know various city city commissioners and even the governor of New Jersey that wants to renovate New Jersey and, and you know make it safe and, and, you know, just friendly, especially now with all the competition from, like, New York and Pennsylvania and all the other states around it that now have, that now have casino-style gaming, I don't understand why you just wouldn't use, I mean, and even if it put the, the city at somewhat of a deficit, just to have such a heavy police presence everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't get that, because, I mean, I was in Atlantic City, like I said, I'd never been there before, and I didn't obviously do anything stupid. I didn't walk out into the, the city parts at night, and I really, I didn't leave the actual hotel, you know, at night by myself either, but just when we drove to, you know, from, like, the Taj to the Borgata, or, you know, or one place to the other, you just did not see a presence of cops. And it makes it, I, I just don't get it. Like, you know, you basically need to lock down the city, just show that presence there, and that's, I mean, that's kind of what they did to downtown Vegas, and, you know, no matter how much criticism uh, our former mayor, Oscar Goodman, gets, because he was the first mayor ever in the in the United States to sign a contract with an alcohol company, uh, I don't know if, if people remember, you know, he took a lot of heat, because he actually agreed to a sponsorship deal uh, with, a, with a company, I believe it was vodka, I can't remember if it was vodka or tequila, but like signing an endorsement, you know, contract to only drink or be seen in public drinking their vodka. <laughs> but, the, the, you know, the one thing about him that, his, which will always be his legacy, is he totally revitalized downtown. And, you know, again, a lot of people, especially you know, the younger generation, even almost myself included, don't realize, like, back in the 80s, uh, you know, as recently as, like, the late 80s, um, and even, like, the early 90s, downtown Vegas was just, like, a, a place not to go. Yeah. It was considered, especially at night, unsafe. You know, it just was, like, an anything kind of goes wild, wild west, where there, there were, you know, constant murders, robberies, and now downtown has been revitalized to the point where, at the very least, you're going to see, you are going to see vagrants and homeless people in downtown Las Vegas, um, but but that's really it. The muggings, the thefts, all that have stopped. There's a huge, huge, huge presence of police uh, every night of the week down there. And on, like, Friday and Saturday nights, it's common to have 15,000, 20,000 people uh, along. It's called Fremont Street. That's, like, the area or the district of, you know, downtown Las Vegas. That's what it's referred to. Just walking, and, and you never hear of... Uh, you know, any any kind of crime or anything happening. And that is really what Oscar Goodman's legacy is in Vegas because he totally cleaned up uh, downtown Las Vegas. Yeah, they did that in, in New York also with Times Square, which used to be a, a horrendous place to visit and uh, terrible crime over there. And, and now it's very safe. And uh, same thing, and, and when I have been in New York in, in recent times, you just see so many cops around there, even today when it's safe, because they don't want it to slide back into what it was. And that, that totally changes. So I agree. They need something like that in Atlantic City. And until they do that, it's not going to change. And Atlantic City, they have big, big problems there. Like like what just happened there, that doesn't even surprise me. Because there's just... Uh, it, it's a mess over there. And they really need to clean it up. So it, it, are we done with the five yet? Or is there uh, yeah, more? That, that's, yeah, that is it. Okay, I, I want to yeah. put an asterisk here and add one more thing. 
This was not in Las Vegas, but was actually in Lake Tahoe. And this was the Harveys in 1980. And the Harveys was bombed by a guy who was a millionaire that lost a lot of money there and was pissed off and decided that he's going to get back at Harveys by extorting money out of them. So he tried to extort $3 million out of them and he put a, he put a real bomb there. And he threatened to detonate the bomb if they don't pay him the $3 million. So they evacuated the building and did not pay him. But uh, he did... They tried to disarm the bomb. And he warned them, don't try to disarm, disarm it because it'll blow up. And they tried and... Uh, it blew up. It blew up the building, and uh, they had to rebuild Harvey's, uh, or, or at least uh, do a lot when, of rebuilding. When was, when was this? This was in 1980, so that's why you don't remember it. You were okay. very wow. young there. But so they blew up the building? Yeah, it actually blew up the building. In fact, uh, if you go to Wikipedia, there's actually a picture of the building blowing up on Wikipedia if you look up Harvey's in Lake Tahoe. Wow. Yeah, so this happened... Uh, 32 years ago, and the funny thing is the guy got caught because he shot off his mouth to his sons about it, and his sons were dumb enough to, one of them told his girlfriend, and his girlfriend later on when she was with another guy, she didn't even like go report it when she was with him, but like when she eventually broke up with one of his sons and then was with another guy, uh, she heard about a reward for information on the person who bombed Harvey's. If, if you go to Wikipedia and type in uh, Harvey's Resort Hotel bombing, then you'll see actually a picture of, of it blowing up in on August 27th, 1980. Now, most of us don't remember this because, you know, I was only eight years old. I know Brandon was even younger, and uh, a lot of people on the site were, were pretty young at that time. So I actually don't remember the story at the time because I, as an eight-year-old, I didn't really follow the news. But uh, the guy who did it was named John Waldo Burgess. He was... Uh, Born in 1922, meaning he was uh, 48 years old at the time. Uh, he was actually uh, a rich guy at one point, but he lost a lot of money there apparently, and uh, he died in prison at the Southern California, uh, Southern Nevada Correctional Center um, yeah. in 1996. That was, uh, in fact, 16 years to the day, or 16 years and one day after the bombing. And according to FBI experts. Even though we're now 32 years later, that bomb is the most complex improvised explosive, explosive device ever created. They, and they, they actually use a replica of it in training in the FBI now because it was such a good bomb and so well done and so intricate that they use this now to train bomb squad people in the FBI to disarm bombs. So I guess that's the only positive that came out of it, and they were wow. very impressed by the bomb yeah, itself. You know, this, I, this is just pretty fun. I was just reading while uh, we were talking. The person, they haven't arrested the other person in the, in this most recent blog. They're only identifying him as Carlos. But uh, what they did, and I'm just reading this in the article, it's hilarious. The guy that they arrested... Uh, Michael Belton, who that's the guy that claimed that he thought he was getting a job just, you know, repossessing cars in Vegas. Um, when they arrested him, they got a warrant and they went to his room where he was staying, which was at Mandalay Bay, where they later found out from MGM officials that the room had been calm to him. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it doesn't say why, but they comped him. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just thought that was pretty funny. Well, at least he won't funny. be add money for his hotel room. At least he saved there. <laughs> like, imagine that the guy that just, you know, pulled off the, the robbery. <laughs> he's here on, like, a slot comp or something. Pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Unbelievable. Okay, so uh, that's... Can we, like, uh, transition this to a talk about Peter D.C.? Because he's sort of uh, not not a guy who would hold up a casino, but certainly a, uh, a scammer. Yes, Absolutely. yes. We definitely yeah, have to have move on to... I, to ask, is, I know there's been a reference, I've read a couple times, to called Gallo. I, I, I'm, what am I missing? Who is okay, uh, he's referring to El Gallo, who is one Guy. of the two people who is responsible for the Bracket Geek sponsorship that we have on our site. Oh, you see yeah. this bracket geek okay, on top. That so that was. that was actually uh, Darkstar and El Gallo who came to me with that and uh, offered to sponsor this site. And I promised that they would be on this radio show, or at least one of them was, to uh, talk about the company. And we will be calling them for sure before the show ends tonight. Uh, Darkstar really wanted El Gallo to be on the radio because I guess he'd never been on any kind of radio program ever. Okay. But I, I couldn't reach him. I only have his Skype. I do have mm. Darkstar's phone number, so I will call him uh, at some point during the show, and we'll talk about uh, Bracket Geek, and uh, you know he can tell us all about that. And, of course, we okay. appreciate the sponsorship that uh, Bracket Geek uh, has done for this site. Right now they're our only sponsor, but uh, you know anybody else who'd like to sponsor... Poker Fraud Alert, we're always happy to take them, and we'll give you, you know, radio spots, uh, banners, whatever. So, Those guys are good guys. You know, I, do, I, do have some, I do have some bad news, unfortunately. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Looking like Iceman is not going to be able to make it on this week. Oh, no. Uh, I just wanted to talk I, to him. Well, you know what? Next week we will have him on. Um, I, I know, I guess apparently he has taken the day off from poker, and he's with his as he refers to his baby and his baby's mama. Baby um, mama? Yes. So uh, it's nothing, you know, uh, it's not anything else. You know, he, he's normally very reliable, and I did speak with him yesterday on the phone. So, but you know, it's actually going to work out well. I mean, this is our pilot episode. Uh, we did say we had a time limitation. There are a couple of things we need to talk about anyhow. Yeah. It's already approaching 9:10, And, you know, the Iceman's already a good 20, you know, always a good 20, 30 minutes. So let's go ahead and we'll save that for next week, the Iceman segment. And, uh, well, you know, I, I'll lay, I'm going to get a glass of water, and I'm, I'll be right back. And I guess the two of you can talk about Peter D.C. and give some updates. And, and I know Vals is familiar with uh, – Vals, did you ever have any interaction with Peter D.C.? I actually did. It, it was interesting oh, wow. because before he was revealed for the scammer that he was, uh, he and I had PM'd several times, and I had sort of been supportive of him because I thought he was – good for the site, and uh, was, you know, generating some interest, and I had uh, privately messaged him, and and this conversation had gone on for at least a week or so, (laughs) so when I found out that uh, the whole thing was a scam, I felt like an idiot. Well, you know, a lot of people were fooled by PRGC, and uh, some of this was because he just showed up and was just very generous and never seemed to be asking for anything back. Right. So nobody had any reason to suspect it. The only thing I thought was odd with him, but it wasn't enough to have a major suspicion, was that he just seemed to want to do too much for everybody for not a good enough reason. Like, after I had had just a few phone conversations with him, this was before he got on the site, but uh, just knowing him through someone else and having just a few phone conversations with him about poker, he called me up and offered me to have uh, to get like really good seats 
at the first Garth Brooks concert at the Wynn. <laughs> and, and, like, this was a, a tough ticket to get in Are Vegas. Are you a Garth Brooks fan? Well, yeah, I, I would have liked to go, but the problem was it was actually interfering. I was actually going on a, a cruise. And the cruise was starting the day after that Garth Brooks concert was taking place. Or, sorry, the, the day before. So there was no way I could do it. I just It was going to be a conflict, so I, I had to turn it down. But I actually would have accepted this had I been available to go to the concert. But this was a really tough thing to get a ticket for. And to get these type of tickets, like a front row or near front row Garth Brooks seats on the first night he's in Vegas, would have been just really, really expensive. And I'm like, why is this guy doing this for me? He doesn't even know me. We've never met. We've talked on the phone you a few were times. questioning his integrity. Well, yeah, I, I just thought, I'd like, who does this? So the conclusion I came to about him, because he used to talk about the sports betting and how he makes so much money betting sports, and that's where he gets all his money. And I, I never really believed any of that. What I believed was that he was just a guy who had a lot of money either from an inheritance or from family money or some money he got that wasn't really his doing that wanted to show off to people, that he just was kind of lonely and he wanted to use his money to make friends and uh, wanted to use his money to make people happy and then know he was the source of it. That was, and, and then kind of masquerade that he's a great sports better and that's how he makes his money. And so, like... That's what I thought was his situation. I never suspected scammer. I suspected like a guy who had a lot of money that was lying about where it really came from. So right, right. Uh, anyway, uh, Peter DC was arrested. His real name is Peter Falcone. He was arrested on May seventh. The arrest had nothing to do with any of the scams that he pulled off on poker players. So the recent scam he did on two plus two, where he scammed like a hundred thousand out of people on sports betting, it's not about that. The other scams he did, also related to sports betting, to people from 2 Plus 2 in uh, 2010, also not about that. This is a completely different matter that has nothing to do with anyone from our community, but nevertheless is very interesting because we've obviously all been following him given his involvement with our community here. And uh, fortunately, the only, I shouldn't say fortunately for Brandon's sake, but I believe Brandon was the only victim from our little community yes. here. I, I, I don't think there was, was any other person that actually got scammed from here. And while I, I felt very bad to see Brandon get scammed, uh, at least we didn't have any other additional victims that I know of. Well, okay, it, I mean, it's very hard to explain. I mean, it's actually, it's easy to explain. It's hard, I guess, even now to term the, to find the term to use. Because so I don't think scam... Okay, well, let me just explain that. And you guys can tell me maybe what you think the correct adjective to describe what happened would be. Um, what ended up happening is Peter approached me. At that time, I had been talking on radio for a couple Seeing it's, it's saying connected and now disconnected, this is really strange. Now now it should be back. New software. Now, it, now it should be fail. back. Fail. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, no. Um, it's, it's, it seems to be recovering. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what that was about. I don't know if it was a... Uh, I don't think it was an Internet problem because then I would have lost YouTube. But somehow I saw we lost connection to the server and then uh, my software tried to auto-reconnect to it and then it says connected. So I hope, I hope it stays connected. I'm going to be eyeing the chat room to make sure that uh, that people are still connected. If you get disconnected from the radio and it goes 
<laughs> quiet, please let me know. And uh, We do not want a repeat of the infamous three weeks ago tomorrow episode right. in which Druff talked for 45 minutes privately to me and about 40 people stay in the chat patiently waiting for radio to restart. <laughs> it was good for you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll combine this in the archives. But uh, Wait, so are we back on now? Yeah, we should be back on from what I can see. Okay. Can somebody, Bubbles, Bukowski, someone verify that you guys can Someone in the us? chat room tell me you can hear me. Verification needed. Can you guys hear us? They better be able to. It's showing on my end that people can hear, but... Uh, radio back. Okay. Radio back. Okay, good. Okay, so anyhow, um, I don't know where we got cut off uh, in terms of my story, but I'll just briefly just say it again. So on radio, I was talking about meeting a girl that I had not seen in a number of years that was coming from Florida to visit me. And Peter DC out of nowhere, and before this, I had no interaction with him whatsoever. Um, you know, even even through like posting on, and threads that he had started, PM'd me and told me that he had tons and tons of comps um, from video poker. At that point, that's how he had claimed to me that he had, you know, a lot of comps. Was he said he was a very high stakes, high limit video poker player, and he could never use them all, and, and the rooms just go to waste. And he offered to comp me basically anywhere I wanted on the strip. Um, that he could, he said he'd be able to get me a room comped. And I ended up choosing Caesars only because my friend had never been to Vegas before, and there's a ton of restaurants in there and the Forum, and I, that's just where I picked. Uh, it, I mean, it was really no particular reason, but for some reason I just felt it wouldn't be too overwhelming versus like going to the Bellagio and being in such a high ritzy place. And you know, again, I would never, I would never ever stay at a Harris property on my own dime. But uh, anyhow, that's where we ended up staying, and uh, he ended up. Getting me a room, and the thing that was weird is I went there, I checked in, they had his name, and I was assured by the host that it, the room was going to be comped, and they also told me that it was food, room, and beverage, which, which you know, basically meant I could charge, as he had told me I could, food to the room, and everything was taken care of. Now, here's the one little, I mean, I guess warning side in which I, I kind of acted stupid. They asked me for a credit card because uh -oh. they said he did not leave a credit card on file. But again, I wasn't that c concerned because this was in VIP check-in, and I was told, you know, from the VIP uh, receptionist that everything was comped. So I gave my credit card. Um, I had no worries at all, you know, like in the beginning. And I even noticed when I checked on the, what's the word, Ruff, on the TV, the portfolio? Oh, the folio. The, the folio, I mean, yes. yes, yes. That at one point, there was like a random, like $2,000 cash credit that was there. It just said like credit, two, like $2,000. And then I went, like I charged the breakfast, and that was like 40 bucks. And I, I looked later on, and like, you know, the credit was like 1960 And, you know, I'm like, all right. And I was very kind and thanked him repeatedly. And he even came one morning, and this was the last time anyone ever saw him before he took off, and he had about 125, maybe even more, $150,000 in cash on him, and uh, he gave me some story that he had to go to Costa Rica, there was a problem with uh, <laughs> one of the outfits of his sports betting operation, he had to fly there instantly and take care of it, and I felt embarrassed because the friend that I was with... Um, you know, she 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 works very hard. She's a, a professor and not used to like the glamour and, and you know what Vegas has and you know, Peter just blatantly kept making it known and wanted to make it known he had this much money on him. And it was very obvious he was just showing off. I mean there's no need ever in the lobby of a hotel to flash hundred and fifty thousand dollars, just bricks of hundred dollar bills. So 
Anyhow, nonetheless, he ends up taking off, and he's just in a frenzy that he, he needs to get to Costa Rica. And then literally, the next day is when the story broke, and, you know, I talked to Druff and others, and everything had just fallen apart. And, uh, of course, I was still concerned, um, but, you know, at the same time, I looked at my folio, and everything looked legit. Um, another two days went by, and then we eventually checked out of the hotel room, and I did one of those automated automated checkouts just from inside the room. I didn't go down to uh, check out in front of a person. And about two weeks later, I got a credit card statement. And this was the card I had put it on had a zero balance on it. So I, had, you know, I just had not thought to check it, you know, the next day or a week later. You know, so I'm surprised. I open up my credit card statement in the mail, and I see a bill for. I don't remember the exact. It was well over three thousand dollars. I think it was like thirty six or thirty eight hundred dollars. And uh, I, you know, I looked at it. I actually had them mail me a bill, um, and everything they mailed me was what I had paid for. It wasn't like I was overcharged or ripped off. But I mean, like the room ended up being like three hundred fifty dollars a night. Um, and I think even on the like two of the nights were weekends. It was as high as like five fifty. I mean, it was an expensive room. It was a suite. So. You know, it's kind of tough. I got what I paid for. Every meal that I ate, you know, I got, you know, what I had paid for. The meal was what I had charged. The room was the rate that it would have been. But, again, I had enough comps in the city myself and knew enough people that I could have at the very least gotten a casino rate or a discount or just very well may have just stayed at my house and wouldn't have spent, you know, close to $4,000, um, you know, for a five-day vacation at, at Caesar's Palace. Easy so, mark, so fucking end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. You know, so, so, again, I don't know if you want to call that like a scam. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, well, it wasn't God. quite a scam, yeah, because he didn't make any money out of it. Uh, right. He just he just made a promise that he didn't keep, uh, and uh, uh, I'll tell you where that cash credit came from and where it likely went. Um, and in fact, we're going to call up in a few minutes a VPP player who has uh, pretty much been the Peter Falcone hunter. He actually has like a bounty hunter after him, and this guy this. VPP player has just been relentless of just constantly trying to track down Peter, get the victims in contact with one another, try to bring Peter to justice. I mean, this guy has right. been really dedicated to the whole thing, and he's been reporting us, reporting on Peter and this arrest and even stuff before the arrest. I mean, he's been just living and breathing Peter, and we're going to call him in about five minutes okay. and... Uh, I, I want to say one more thing real fast before we just get off the subject about what happened to me, and you guys can chime in with advice. People, you know, did tell me I should, excuse me, I should call, you know, the, my, the credit card company, which was capital going into a chargeback. And, you know, I, and, and I thought about that for a while, but there are two things that, that just came to mind. A, I didn't, you know, I did get what I paid for. Uh, you know, so it wasn't like I, I don't. I didn't know how I would explain it. B, I have very, very good credit, and I didn't know if it would in any way affect it in the future if I did get rolled and then did another chargeback. Because I'd never, I think maybe only once or twice in my entire life have I ever done that. But I, I just need to check with C money to see how that yeah, would affect. but I, I just didn't know to call them and complain and say, you know, to try to make them understand. Well, I was told I got a comp. And I didn't, and, and, you know, well, what, did you not get the room? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I don't even know if sure, that would have sure. worked. You know, if that was even a logical reason. I, but you're not the kind of person who would even think of doing that. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I mean, even though there were people that suggested it to me, I just ended up not doing it and just, like I said, I, my logic was, look, I got what I paid for. I can't argue with it. It's just that I wouldn't have paid for it if I didn't think it was free. Right. You know, so I ended up just, you know, paying it, and that, that was that. 
Okay, but, I just think charging it back would be the correct route. And I guess I also thought it'd be unethical because like well, not, not only that, you, you could get banned from you could get banned from that casino too. And that, and, that's, and that was another thing I thought about since it was Caesars. Yeah. I didn't want to get into a long. I mean, because they banned people for, for you know. Oh, yeah. Lessons. You could have been shut out of the World Series and everything. Baccarat bets that, that whales are, are placing <laughs> that. So I didn't want to have that problem with them. I just figured, suck it up, pay it, lesson learned. And, and you would probably lose work. the chargeback, too, because this was not their problem. If somebody else uh, tells you he's going to comp things and then puts cash down and then takes the cash away. Uh, it's not really their problem. It's, it's between you and the guy who made the promise to you. And if you're the one who got these services and the guy who said he was going to pay for it right. doesn't pay, you, you would lose that dispute anyway. So and, that's what I, and that's what I thought as well. I didn't think I really even had a claim, to be honest. Yeah. So, so let me uh, give you an update here. <laughs> Our free roll is over. We have a winner, Ray Bitarcoin. I don't know who that is, and, and he's going to have to PM me, whoever he is, but uh, Ray Bitarcoin won the tournament. Sounds like a scandal. I'm already calling it scandal. I'm already going to call it like somebody that knows nothing. Sight is fun. I like sight. You won bracelet. Good sight. Yeah. I like sight. So number two... Vlade Divac, also, I know who the real Vlade Divac is, but I don't know who Vlade Divac on our side is. Finally, number three, someone who I do know, Bad Billy 32 finished third, and Six Toed Pete came in fourth place. So those are our oh, four winners. And, and at least I know the three of those, those two. Yeah. I guess the good thing is both those names don't sound like they're Russian uh, free roll whores. You know, Vlade Divac. And uh, what was the what was the other name? Ray Batarcoin. Yeah, Ray Batarcoin. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like names that would be on our site. I'm just not familiar with them. So no, anyway, I, I do have. I'm noticing in the chat that Mux Icon is saying that he wanted to play, but the site timed him out and, and registered him. And I have experienced in the past that that site does time you out quite a bit. So well, is there the site a does equal a joke. issue? Site equals joke. Yeah, it does equal a joke to some degree. I won't deny that. <laughs> you know, it's but a, it's free, so what can that, That's the problem. Does site make like two pair after two pair after two pair? I mean, site equals joke. That, that is the problem is that uh, after all my time saying site equals joke about other sites, <laughs> then I end up running the biggest joke site ever. So... I'm sorry. You, you know what's also crappy about this joke site is that like, I'm watching the progress of the tournament, and then it's over, and then it's just gone. It just wipes it, and then it schedules it for next week, and there's no record of what occurred. So I actually had to go into the system logs to see who finished first, second, third, and fourth. So, that's, so for everybody else who can't access the system logs, like, it's just all gone. But, it's you know, truly a joke. What can we do? So anyway, I'm going to call up uh, VPP player, and he's going to tell us about Peter. But uh, before we call him, I'm going to quickly say two things about Peter. Number one is these cash comps that uh, the one you saw for a while and then disappeared and uh, that other people have seen who've gotten comps from Peter. Those are actually cash deposits that Peter made into these hotels. So, like, in your case, Brandon, he actually went up there and said, hey, here's $2,000 cash, put it towards the room. And he pretended like these were actually comps that he earned, but he really put down cash, and that's why they're called cash comps, and that's why he has the right to go take it back at any time if it hasn't been spent. And uh, mm-hmm. the, the comp he gave me at the Bellagio for one of my uh, rotisserie baseball drafts, 
that was also on a cash comp, but fortunately uh, I didn't get rolled in any way. But anyway, uh, second I mean, thing I want to say... He had like 150K on him when he fled. He yeah. left like the three grand there for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. Cookie, yeah. You know? And the second thing is that this was phone sex money because <laughs> he was know. getting all this money from his ex-girlfriend, or who was his girlfriend at the time, but uh, he was with a woman who was pretty much the queen of the phone sex industry. I'm not going to name her, but uh, she was the queen of the phone sex industry in Why the Why don't you 80s. name her? I mean, if she's queen well, of phone because, sex, then it doesn't matter. Because I've heard that she doesn't really want to be named publicly about this whole thing, and I, and I, okay. I can respect that because she was a victim. She didn't do anything wrong other than have um, bad taste in men. Other than have phone sex. She, okay. she got, well, no, no, she, she didn't have phone sex. She, she owned phone sex lines. But she loved, she fell in love with our yeah. Peter D. Yes, yeah, she did fall in love with Peter, but she actually owned a good deal of the phone sex lines that you saw advertised in the 80s and 90s. So, like, if, if you, the listener, are one of the guys who jerked off to phone sex in the 80s or 90s, it's very possible that that money made its way to Peter D.C. At one point, it was in my folio. <laughs> and into Brandon's folio. So, so jerk off money. Uh, your jerk off money was actually in Brandon's folio briefly, and tricked him into spending four thousand dollars at Caesars. Yeah, the, even the dogs don't like that. So, anyway, apparently the dogs are upset. We're going to call VPP player, and then you know we're really running short on time. But uh, uh, if anybody wants to call in after VPP player gets off, I'm going to give you the phone number. It's seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. Make sure to show your caller ID or otherwise you may not get through. And the last thing that we could probably get to, even if it's brief, is uh, the Pokerati Todd segment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I will get to that uh, news little segment about the news and stuff. That's right. So, let me uh, call up uh, VPP player. Gotta, here's the phone number. We'll connect Angel, him on. What kind of dogs do you have? Sit, Ubu, sit. Yeah. Fowls, <laughs> you back? I hear some scratching. It sounds yeah, like she's a cat, too. Dogs. No. Yes. What, kind of, what kind of dogs do you have? They are American Eskimos, and they are what? wonderful dogs. But Yeah, hey, VPP yeah. player, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. That's just a working dog. Yeah. We're doing okay, uh, and we're uh, glad to have you on the show. So uh, one more thing I want to say before we get to you about Peter. The girl I met Peter through told me that Peter told her that he does not like sex, that he doesn't have sex, very true. he doesn't very like true. sex, that he just, uh, sex is not part of his life. Peter's basically asexual. He, he was saying he wasn't gay, but that he just has no interest in Wait, sex. And there are people so out there like that. It's not just the actual act of sex, but all, even foreplay, blowjobs, yes. masturbation, anything like that. Yeah, he doesn't like sex. That's, wow. what, I, that's what he told this girl, and indeed... Uh, he never tried a thing with her. Nothing of any yeah, kind. You, you mentioned that. And, and that's uh, why she left him. <laughs> no, not, not his ex-girlfriend. This is actually the girl I met him through. Oh, and wow. uh, she told me that not only did he never try anything, he actually let her know that he does not like sex. And VPP player, I'm not sure how he knows this, but he says that's true as well. So I guess... Uh, maybe that had anything to do with his, the time he spent uh, on Rikers Island, maybe? <laughs> I, I've, heard a, I've heard many, many, many stories about him and that is one thing I've heard on a consistent basis, that he is singularly focused on the scam more than any real relationship with, uh, with, with 
women that he's with. And I mean, I just feel bad for these women, uh, whether it's the one that I saw him with at the Golden Nugget two months ago or, uh, or his, or his ex-girlfriend. I mean, it's, it's just never going to end well. It's your great Pete Falcone. Well, anyhow, VPP, this is Brandon, uh, Drexel Gerson again. Thank you. And also on the phone is, uh, Vowels, uh, Angel, uh, our, our third host. Hi, how are you? Good, how you doing? Good, good. So, I mean, we're talking about a person who was probably sexually abused as a child. That, that's my assumption. Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't assume I mean, that. I, I would just assume he's a degenerate. He's a sociopath. I mean, if you ever read, read the book, The Sociopath Next Door, and had any dealings with Peter, you will realize that's what he is. Well, yeah, but uh, the thing with not liking sex is kind of odd. Even sociopaths have a sex drive, but uh, may- okay. maybe he's just one of these people who happens to have no sex drive. There are people out there like that. They're referred to as asexuals, and maybe he happens to be one of the people that just does not have a sex drive and just uh, just isn't interested in sex at all, and what he is interested in is scamming. So, anyway, uh, tell us about the situation today. What was he doing in court today? Uh, what was this hearing about, and what did you find out at the hearing? And first of all, were you actually there at the hearing? No, I was getting uh, updates from my friend who was in the front row. Okay, so what did you find out today? What was this hearing about, and what things did you find out from it? Today was the preliminary hearing, and he was uh, held and bound over for trial on all three charges that he's facing. He's facing three counts, two counts of grand theft, and one count of home invasion. Hmm. So the home invasion, uh, to be clear here, uh, this is a home invasion that does not necessarily involve actual theft from the home. This is just invading into a home, but not necessarily stealing anything from the invasion. Am I right? Right. Well, he, he intruded on the residence on multiple occasions of his ex-girlfriend. He's alleged. Let's get that straight up. He's alleged to have uh, broken into the residence of his ex-girlfriend uh, on a couple of occasions. And one of the times that he entered the premises, it was occupied, I believe. So that's why it's it's a home invasion. So why was he entering? Can you tell us that, why he was just entering the premises when he wasn't invited? Oh, that's was to steal. So, so he was so he was breaking in to, to steal, and then people happened to be there sometimes. Correct. And this was an ex-girlfriend of his, where presumably maybe he knew where she kept money or, or other valuable items that he could steal. Correct. Okay. And and this and this and, is and what he was arrested for was was both the invasion and then some sort of fraud associated with the same person. Is this true? No, they're all just straight theft charges from stealing the property. There's oh, no okay. fraud. There's no scam. This is straight up. Uh, I'm going to go in. I'm going to take something of yours, and I'm going to run to the pawn shop. Oh, okay. So this is this is just like a straight up theft, and this, you know, much like Al Capone who got nailed for tax evasion. Uh, this is the thing that they happened to get Peter for was the theft. So even if he does get this away, this is somewhat anticlimactic, is what you're saying. You know, in a way, right? You know, the, the, the pawn flips that got hoped will be had to be. Uh, yeah, because he, he clearly took this, took this property. I uh, clearly, clearly went to the property on, on multiple occasions. And uh, going back to the question that you asked me uh, two weeks ago on his, on his arrest, I, I can go a little more into detail. He was arrested at the Knights Inn over there in Ventura Boulevard. 
and he was much like William H. Macy in the last in the Fargo, trying to escape and out through the back window in the bathroom. <laughs> so he actually went that to the bathroom it. and tried to get out the back window? Yes, he did. Oh, my. So it's just like the list like I told you, uh, it's just like the last, just like the final scene in that movie was how he went down. Uh, so can you tell so, us why uh, why was the bail so high? And we just talked about a guy earlier who actually pepper sprayed people at the Bellagio and, and pepper sprayed the dealer at a blackjack table and grabbed $115,000 worth of chips. And he's only held on $60,000 bail. So how is Peter uh, held for so much bail? Is it because of his past record or is, it, uh, is there something well, else we don't know? Yeah. No, yeah. If you go to the L.A. Uh, County Sheriff's Department website, and the, under the criminal division, you will see their bail schedule. And if you take each charge, and then you take the mitigating circumstances, there's a set dollar amount, along with prior convictions uh, and risk of flight. The fact that he was living in a motel means he doesn't have a secure residence in the state. So, so there are there are there are many factors, but you know, it, 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 it was a combination of all all, all three all three things. Okay, and uh, from what you've heard from the evidence that's against him and from about the hearing today, uh, do you feel this is a strong case against him that is very likely to stick and result in real jail time, or do you think he has a chance to beat this? I think as long as these people stay strong, it's a strong case. As long as people try to be victimized by him, it will stay strong. And... uh, as for jail time, you know anybody that reads the newspapers know that Cal- know that California is under extreme budget restraints. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they do can still afford to send them upstate for you know 15 or so years. But if not, at least carry him with a ton of paper on him. So any time he does something minor. Yeah, it will be somewhat major consequences. And and these things that occurred here, um, I assume these were you know against his ex girlfriend. Uh, were these recent actions? Were these actions he took in the year two thousand twelve? I can't say for sure, but they are fairly recent. Okay. So uh, Peter DC, and he did appear in court. Uh, what did he say in court today? Uh, he didn't get to speak today. Was I believe the victim got to speak. Uh, I'm not too sure if the detective investigating uh, got to speak. Uh, it was just basically a a hearing to to see if there was enough evidence to go forward to trial. He also made a motion to have his bail reduced. That was denied. And he also uh, made a motion for dismissal, which was also denied. I see. So he tried to have it dismissed, and of course they said absolutely no way. And uh, so, so now is he going back to jail? Is he going to be returned to the Twin Towers in Los Angeles until the next court date? Yeah. Yes, until June. Yeah, his next date I think I posted is June fifth. I think in a criminal proceeding, he, he was arrested in you know, the Van Nuys area. So at first you have to go to the district court in Van Nuys. They had a, on a felony case. He has to be bound over to Superior Court for trial. There has to be, uh, uh, if you're not indicted by a grand jury, you, you, you get you get a preliminary hearing. So uh, that's what he got today at the district court level, and now you know he's on his way over to the Superior Court. And I think uh, soon most of his court appearances will be at the downtown courthouse in the criminal courts building. Do you know? Uh 
anyone personally or friends or just anyone that he's reached out to and called or made contact since he's been arrested? Uh, I know he's tried reaching out to his family uh, and uh, other people, yes. Not what? successfully. That's why when, when, I, when I PM'd uh, you today, uh, you know, that was one of my questions that, that I hope that nobody wants to help him. Uh, that wanted to go see him. Yeah, no, the, the, the person who was going to go see him actually was the girl who introduced me to him. And even though she's, uh, I think, still a little sympathetic to him, she doesn't have the means to help him anyway. She, This girl doesn't have any money, so she couldn't do anything for him. So there, there's no worry about that. And I, I, she would just want to uh, go there and observe and actually told me that she would be willing to take a picture of him if she could and, and then let us post it on the site. So she couldn't be that sympathetic if she's willing to do that. And uh, yeah. you, uh, but, but, but he, he's convinced. He is convincing. I mean, he has fooled very smart people. Like I told you before, he 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 he, he took money from a friend of mine in New York, who was sitting at a table with three U.S. attorneys, and this other gentleman was an attorney also. He is brazen, and he is convincing, and he's he's got people to help him in jail before when he was held in. The, up in uh, northern Nevada uh, a, few, a few years back, he got people to help him. So if he has access to a telephone and somebody that will take that collect call, you, you just don't know. I mean, some people have that ability to sell. Some people yeah, are just yeah, he definitely does. He definitely does. I'm just and saying that the person I was referring to uh, d wouldn't have the money to give him anyway. So. And then, you know... <laughs> You don't want him doing desperate things to get things to, to rescue their poor victimized friend. And believe me, he's not victimized. The poor woman that had to testify today was victimized. Oh, yeah, of course. Over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, it's... No, I, I don't think anybody listening to this show thinks that Peter is a victim in any way, shape, or form. I think everybody sees that he is a, a career scammer that has ripped off a lot of people what, in poker you, and, and outside of poker. Can you describe briefly, like, what is his relationship with his family? I mean, obviously they know what kind of person he is, but are they sympathetic? Do they still think there's redemption in him, or have they basically given up and want nothing to do with him? Second, I only have second-hand knowledge of that, but from my understanding is... The only one that will have anything to do with him is his mother. The <laughs> father has written him off a long time ago. Really? His brother doesn't have anything to do with him. Uh, the mother still has a, has a soft spot for him. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think she's in a position to do anything for him either, though. Yeah. Um, and, and so in terms of just what's occurred that isn't related to the charges that, that he's being involved with, what do you... I mean, do you guys just plan on basically at sentencing if, you know, or contacting the prosecutors and letting them know about your story? What, what is your approach in terms of how you're going to handle it? Everybody that I know, hopefully, will come forward at sentencing. Even if you strike a plea deal, uh, judges are allowed to deviate from that or, 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 reje or, or reject it. And uh, at sentencing, everybody that I know that was victimized by him, I hope we'll come forward with an affidavit and, and paint a complete picture of him. And uh, right now, I think he's looking at up 15 years plus for the current charges that he's facing. Uh, maybe we can get that up with it, get that sent upwards a little more. Yeah. Well, maybe you can actually settle, either one of you can just settle this question because it's been going on in the chat. Now, obviously, we all know his bond's 455000 and I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, from state to state it varies. In the state of California, 
would he just need to put up 10% in cash and then that's forfeited? Or would he have to put up 10% in cash and the other 90% be secured by some asset? What is the, the law regarding a bond in California? Are you aware of it? But I'm not, I'm not aware, but I, I think you, if, if you're worthy of it, a bondsman will take the 10% if you came up with the assets. Uh, but I can't imagine okay. it. You know, it's 455,000 cash, and he's not worthy of uh, of credit, or nor does he have the property the property to, to put up. Uh, you know, somebody would have to literally sign over a paid-off house to a bondsman to get that type of uh, bond posted. And, I, and you know, I guess this may be a dumb question. Um, you know, but I just can't really relate. Uh, you know, I've met Pete, and I found him very charismatic, and, and you know, I, I don't want to say I felt hook, hook, line, hook, line, and sinker for his thing. We always felt something maybe off, but in terms of, you know, things such as him buying meals for members of the community and never asking or wanting anything from us, we never really understood his angle and why he was trying to... Uh, you know, become friends with some of us, and you know what I mean. Us, I mean, just there was you know a, a couple of occasions where a large amount of people from our from the poker community, you know, he took out for thousand dollar meals, and there was never we just never understood what his end game would be with us. Um, but you know, and we st- and I still don't to this day understand what what he thought he may achieve by spending money and befriending a lot of us. But just knowing him, and and I mean, again, I think this is probably a ridiculous question, but I, I don't know. I'm still curious, and I want to know. He got it back tenfold from a couple people on Donk. Yeah. Uh, it gives him credibility. He would he would mention. Uh, Wait, you're, you saying, know, from, you're uh, saying from Donk Down? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he got it from anybody on Donk Down. Who who do you know from Donk Down that he got? The person that started the thread. Oh no, no he was from uh, Two yeah. Plus Two and just came here and to report it because he knew that uh, that we'd be interested. Well, I will say I will say this: that little thread on on Donk did save. Somebody a hundred thousand dollars from New York City. And I just wanted this the other day that uh, Pete was on the verge of scamming somebody else very recently, and this gentleman came, met him at the Cosmopolitan, and Pete, you know, met him, reached in his pocket, pulled out a thousand dollars, and said, "This is for your plane ticket." I mean, in classic Pete Falcone fashion, and. Sold him a line of shit on sports betting, and this gentleman was getting ready to give a hundred thousand dollars, and somehow something wasn't right, and he found out about uh, that, that he may be a scammer, and his wife, this gentleman's wife, found the website and looked at the grainy picture of Pete Falcone and saying that's him, and the husband was in denial, saying, "No, that's not him. No, no, that's not the guy." But in reality, uh, it was it was Peter and. Uh, that grainy picture saved, saved one victim. Oh, I took good. that picture. I took that yeah, that's picture. that's Brandon's doing. That's uh, without Brandon's uh, taking that picture, wow. maybe a hundred thousand would have been scammed by some guy in New York. Wow. Hey, Brandon, you you can go to sleep tonight. The last thing I want to say is just, I mean, obviously you know him, and, and just using the term psychopath probably answers my question. But you, know, you did mention he has a mom. You yeah, you still you mentioned he has a mom that loves him. Do you even think any part of him? Whether, you know, whether it's now sitting in jail or after he, he does perpetrate a, a scam like this, do you think he feels any remorse whatsoever, or, do you, or he just has no remorse, no nothing inside of him, no feeling whatsoever of guilt, anything? Yeah, we, again, we we agreed, we disagreed on this earlier, and uh, 
I believe he's a sociopath. Sociopaths don't have feelings. Okay. That, that's fair enough. All right. You're, you're, well, very good. So is, right. is there anything Will else? You, oh, sorry. Brandon, you have another question? No, no I was just going to say, please, uh, you know, we appreciate you keeping us updated and uh, obviously calling in as well, and I, we hope you keep updating the thread as more information comes out. Yes, and again, uh, a shout-out and a thank you to the people that testified today. Stay strong. Doing, absolutely doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the victims. And, you know, there's something about this community, and when I say, when I was listening to a previous show, uh, and, you know, being around gambling my whole adult life, I mean, we just love to cannibalize one another. Even like in poker, when, when, when somebody goes down, it's not like golf. When, you know, somebody blows a tournament on the 18th hole, at the end, you can't tell that that person just lost that tournament. But in poker, it's just, look at what I did, look at what that schmuck just called, or sports betting. You know, people just love to cannibalize each other in this community. And we just got to stop this, because it's that mentality that allows people like Peace Falcon to continue. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for the... Uh for, for the updates here, and uh, feel free to come on the show uh, when, whenever you'd like to give us further updates. We're all very interested. And uh, his next hearing is on June 5th. Is that correct? I believe that's what I'm post that I posted. I'm not near the computer now, but I think so. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we're, we got to get a few things in here before the show ends. And uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, we always appreciate the updates. Thank you. So all right. Thanks. You have a good night. All right. Thank you. So I'm going to give a call to uh, Dark Star and uh, let him talk about. Uh, his Bracket Geek site, and uh, we can learn about that. This is the lone sponsor of Poker Fraud Alert right now. If anybody else would like to become a sponsor, you can email me at dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com or just PM me on uh, the forum over here. But uh, we're going to give him a call and uh, find out a bit about Bracket Geek, which we've already used somewhat uh, on this site uh, to vote on various things uh, related to the forum. And uh, the way I'll finish it off here, uh, since we are running near the end of the time we have allotted, uh, I am going to finish it off by talking about the petition that was sent to the White House and the Obama administration's response. But we'll get Darkstar on here first, and we'll finish off with that, and uh, everything else ought to be tabled till next week. Time always flies on these shows. Like, three hours seems like a lot, but then, like... It gets used up. And just think, we didn't get to everything we were going to get That's what I was saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, uh, so is this Darkstar? Uh, what's up, guys? Hey, buddy. You sounded like you were annoyed that we were calling you. Are you, are you happy uh, to be on the show here? Or, uh... Yeah, I'm sleeping. It's like midnight over here. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I, uh... For some reason, yeah, I... was trying to message you earlier, give Gallo a call. Okay, I saw you still in the chat. I figured you're still around. Oh no! I passed out an hour ago. Oh man! Well, you don't have to be on here. We can. I, I tried. To, I don't have uh, Gaio's phone number. I only have a Skype, and he uh, he did, wasn't responding to my Skype ad for whatever reason. And then uh, uh, yeah, he, he's been completely busy. We've got so much going on with our businesses right now. It's just nuts. So he's been wiped out. He went to bed early. Okay. So well, would well, you? So even though he woke you up on the bright side, the chat is saying. That uh, they're surprised how you sound. They thought you'd sound more like a ginger. Yeah. And they're impressed with how you sound. What does uh, a ginger sound like? Um, I guess not like that. 
So, Darkstar, uh, if you're sleeping, it's no problem. You can go back to sleep, and we can talk about your site next week, uh, or you can well, do it right now. if you called me and woke me up, I'm not sleeping right now. So. <laughs> you know what? Like, ready to advertise. I can fall back to sleep. Tell us about uh, your, your site and what's going on. All right. So, uh, Bracket Geek. Uh, El Gallo and I started a software development company uh, last summer. And in the process, one of my friends had a client of hers that had an idea for a site. So what happened is he came to us with this idea for Bracket Geek, and we all decided to work on it. And at one point, we figured, hey, let's invest. We put a lot of money into it on our own. So I guess you could say we're, we're kind of like major owners of the site now. And uh, we launched that in beta a few months back, and I got to say it was set off way better than we thought. We've done no advertising or anything. Essentially, you guys are the only ones. Um, so we're, we've been like cleaning up little bugs, you could say, making some changes to things. So we appreciate everybody's kind of feedback and usage on the site. Um, and we're hoping everything goes pretty well with that. And uh, hey, Dark, just going first, back a little ways, did you and El Gallo meet online? Uh, yeah, we met because... Uh, Gamblebot and I were in the process, I guess we were working together, um, doing some sales. Like, I was doing some sales with him in one of his businesses. And, and you guys met on, 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 uh, on you know, a poker site. can't even remember what site we usually met on, one of these poker sites. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't feel like naming. Just, just so, to explain, uh, just uh, for the people who are newer to this, uh, can you tell everybody what is Bracket Geek? Bracket Geek is a site for people to be able to create their own brackets and allow people to vote on various things. And what we'll be able to do very soon is you'll be able to um, create a bracket and host it on and promote it on certain sites like Facebook and other various social media forms. Oh, cool. Yeah, and what he means by a bracket, of course, is let's say you have uh, 16 things uh, of any type. Let's say you have 16 different foods that you want people to vote on which is the best food. Rather than just having a straight vote where people vote out of one of the 16 foods that they like the best, uh, it, it creates it in bracket format where it makes eight head-to-head -head matches of, like, you know, oranges and apples, uh, bananas and grapes, uh, steak well, and uh, hamburgers. In the theme of, of, our, of our Jewish show, a chulent versus uh, gewilt fish. So then each winner moves on. So, you know, if you have 16, then, you know, eight would win then those eight would be up against each other, you know, two versus two versus two versus two, and then they would move on, and four move on, then two move on, and then there's finally a winner. So it's like a, in bracket format, similar to, like, like, the playoffs in the NBA or in the NHL. So Bracket Geek is a site where just anybody can make up these little uh, voting brackets and then tell their friends to go vote there. And, and he's saying that not only is it going to be something you can just uh, do on Bracket Geek itself, but you're saying that you're going to have it where it can be integrated with things like Facebook. Correct. And actually, I'm looking at the chat right now. Somebody's got a good idea. Why don't you create a bracket on there right now for uh, various names for the show and everybody can vote on that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Whatever, uh, I guess Great idea. Yeah, very good. So you know, we're happy to have you on as a sponsor. We appreciate anybody who supports this site, whether it's through sponsorship or giving money to free rolls or whatever. And, uh, you know, we hope it will be a, a nice partnership. I know that you were uh, um, waiting for a radio show to start, and, and we're uh, 
happy to oh, see yeah, this I kid get, going. I want to get Guy on there. The guy's never been on radio. Well, we'll get him on uh, next guy's week. A, uh, we'll, we'll get him on next a week. Programming genius. So if anybody out there needs some uh, software developed, uh, guys, man, you can contact us. I don't know. I know one guy who's better. His name is uh, Marty something. <laughs> Marty's pretty impressive. Guy has been writing artificial intelligence algorithms since he was 19. Wow. So the guy's pretty impressive. So we've got all kinds of businesses going right now. We're, we're actually developing software for the healthcare industry. Oh, hey, that's, so uh, that's actually a lot of money in that. So, all right, very yeah, good. Yeah, that's the plan. So appreciate everybody using Bracket Geek. Tell your friends, tell your fellow degenerates. And thank you very much for the outlet. All right. Yeah, thank you for sponsoring, and uh, we'll have you again to talk about you know any further developments. We'll definitely get uh, El Gallo on the show, and uh, he can uh, we can break his uh, radio uh, virginity here. There we go. Appreciate it. All right. You thank you. Have a good one. You too. Take care. That was uh, Dark Star. And you know our only sponsor right now. So of course we really appreciate that. And you know I, I don't want to take sponsors of you know that, that I don't believe in. I like it doesn't have to be a product I'm going to use necessarily. But I, like I'll never take some kind of shady company as a sponsor or, or anything that I don't feel good about. But Bracket Geek I, I think is great. And not only is it something that uh, has no shadiness at all and really can't because you know it's not uh, that type of thing but it's also something useful and interesting and it's already been used uh, a number of times in threads on our site and uh, I think it really goes well with this kind of forum format over here so I, I think not only is it a good sponsor but it's a good tool to use and a good thing to always have to uh, to link if you want to vote on that it, it makes voting more fun on, on these type of things, there's like traditional voting questions. So let me, uh, before we end the show here, since we're getting near the end, it's 9.57, and I guess we'll run a, a few minutes over, but uh, I can't run very much more than that. I want to talk about the White House releasing a statement. Uh, I guess there was a, a poker petition that was submitted by the PPA in September 2011, it got 10,000 signatures, and they sent it in. It's a petition to make online poker legal in the U.S. Now, I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this show supports the legalization of online poker in the U.S. to where we'll be able to play on online poker rooms run by U.S. companies and that are regulated and that is sure that nothing shady is going on and no cheating and no super using or any crap like that. I think everybody can agree that's something we want. But uh, when we'll actually see it, even when we start seeing promising developments, it, it just seems like we end up taking another step back. So the Poker Players Alliance, which I've always been very critical of, and I'll talk about that on some other show, uh, they did a petition. This is not the first time they've done a petition. They actually did one a number of years ago where, believe it or not, they actually bribed people to sign the petition. They bribed them with a free roll on poker stars. And I, like, my face hit my palm so fast there, I had, like, a handprint on my face. Because, you know, how are you going to submit a petition to the White House that you bribed people to sign? I mean, it's going to look terrible. The no, not only won't you be taken seriously, future petitions won't be taken seriously when you do things like that. So th that was one of many boneheaded moves by the Poker Players Alliance. But uh, anyway, this petition was not of that variety, but uh, it was just a regular petition submitted with 10,000 signatures. The White House gave an answer after nine months, or sorry, eight months, not nine months. So it took eight months, but we got the following answer from the White House. Thank you for taking the time to participate in the We the People petition process. 
We launched this online tool as a way of hearing directly from you and are pleased to see it's been effective in soliciting your feedback. We understand your interest in the petition to support the legalization of online poker and appreciate the opportunity to share President Obama's concern about this issue. The administration understands that many Americans engage in paid online poker games for entertainment purposes. Online gambling on sporting events or contests violates federal law. The legality of other forms of online gaming is dependent upon the law of the states where the better or gambling business is located. It is left to each state to determine whether it wishes to permit such activity between its residents and an online poker business authorized by that state to accept such wagers, but online gambling that is not authorized by state law may also violate federal statutes. So, uh, before I read the rest of it, what he's basically saying there, or what they're saying here from the White House, is we're going to let the states legalize it for themselves and we're staying out of this and it's violating federal law and we're not changing. Now, here came their, afterwards they explained their rationale of why they don't want to legalize online poker right now. The rapid and anonymous nature of the internet distinguishes online games from online from on-site games such as those in casinos and creates distinct challenges. For example, there are many means of technologically circumventing restrictions on online gambling that can allow individuals from countries where gambling is illegal, or even minors, to play real currency. Now, th this is BS, by the way. I just want to stop here. Um, this thing about minors gambling has been brought up as an excuse not to legalize online poker. In reality, there would be very few minors gambling online because it's not easy to deposit. It, it, it'd but be a hard thing to do. you can't restrict it, and that's what they're saying. Yeah, I know they're saying they you can't no restrict it, but it. in reality, it's not likely to be a big problem where you're going to have uh, you know, 15-year-olds gambling for high stakes. They've got to get money on there somehow. They've got to be able right. to get their parents' ID somehow and you know, prove that they are their parents. It'd be a, it's not impossible to get past, but it's uh, neither is playing in a brick-and-mortar place. People, you know, even Phil Ivey used to play underage poker all the time before he turned 21. So uh, this, this is an excuse. It, whenever they don't want to pass some law, they always find a way to say, this is for the children that we're preventing this. So that's what they're doing here. And this thing about that, they, that online gambling can allow individuals from countries where gambling is illegal. Do you think the U.S. cares about other countries being able to play... Only when we have a stake. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's ridiculous. So, I, I don't you even... Know, I want that little kid in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, gambling underage. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> what do they call them, little shanties? Yeah. Shanties. Yeah. yeah, like, suddenly we're concerned now about uh, people in other countries playing on our site when they're not supposed to. Like, you know, that's the other country's problems to prevent that. Anyway, moving along, this is the remainder of their rationale for why they don't want to support legalization of online poker. Online games also have a greater potential for fraud because gambling websites are much cheaper and easier to establish than on-site locations and, like telemarketing scams, can appear and disappear overnight. Finally, online gambling can be used in money laundering schemes because of the volume, speed, anonymity, and international reach made possible by Internet transactions. The, the administration will continue to examine this issue and is open to solutions that would help guard against the use of online gambling sites as tools for conducting illegal activities and preying on unsuspecting individuals to the extent that online gambling is permitted. Thank you once again for signing the online petition. We appreciate hearing from your opinions and look forward to hearing from you again very soon. And fuck you, you're not getting anything. So that's well, they do have a point about the potential for scams. They do, but they can... There's potential for scams and everything, and... Th th I mean, listen, if you knew, you know, and they're just telling half the story, just this week in Vegas, five different individuals 
were indicted, and, and now are going to go to prison for financial scams that, inver- that involve markers and credit and other other things at casinos. I mean, it goes, it, it, you know, they just tell you half the story. I mean, that same kind of financial theft and money laundering goes on in brick-and-mortar casinos every day uh, as well. Yeah, and, so... And as many safeguards yeah. as you put in any, in any capacity, people will always still find a way to, to circumvent it until the system catches up with you and you get caught. I mean, there's no foolproof system online, brick-and-mortar. You know, there's, I don't see a difference. Well, but certainly it might not be a bad idea to let each state decide for itself because in the current circumstances, brick and mortars are only allowed in certain states. Well, yeah, I wouldn't mind if, if the federal government said, we're going to legalize online poker but allow certain states to opt out of it. That's fine. Then, then they're putting right. the burden on that the state po- government. But, but what's unfortunate about this statement is that this is a big step back from where we thought we were before because the Department of Justice recently released a statement that they don't feel online poker violates the 1961 Wire Act, which was the basis for all the laws that were passed after that that they were busting online poker sites for. So while those laws are still in place, it was a good sign that the block they bu- the building block for all these laws, they now felt didn't apply to online poker. And that was a good sign that the Department of Justice was open to seeing it legalized in the U.S. But now we're seeing the statement from the White House that they took eight months to think about and finally make, mm-hmm. that they're basically saying, no, we don't want this. If the states want it themselves, they can do it. But we are not going to allow this. So I, it looks like what they're saying here is we're not going to support online gambling on a federal level, but if states want to legalize it and have it only exist in those states, in what's called intrastate gambling, meaning uh, uh, Nevada has an online poker room and only people who are currently in Nevada can play it. And if you're anywhere outside Nevada, you cannot play on that online poker room. That seems like that's all that the Obama administration is willing to support at this point, and that's a very bad sign as far as legality for the moment. It seems like they're a little bit open to re-examining it. As I said, the administration will continue to examine this issue and is open to solutions that will help guard against blah, blah, blah. So, uh, there but as far as a federal sanction, we're nowhere near it. That's right. It's starting to really look like that uh, we may have a long time until we really see a federal online poker room that everybody from the U.S. or at least most people from the U.S. can play on. And that's that's a very disappointing thing and it's a very disappointing mm-hmm. statement. And, and of course, yes, they could change their mind. It, you know, a lot of it has to do with public perception. A lot of it has to do with uh, um, what they feel that is the right thing to say and do at the moment. But the truth is, Obama, now would be the time for him to take a position that might be different based on an election that's coming up. But well, he, he came out in favor of uh, gay marriage. Right. So I can't speak to Exactly. Did you get, uh, hold on, Angel. Did you read? Uh, did you read what's going on with your? I don't know if it's your home state, but the state you live in now. What the? Uh, what the? Uh, what do you call them? The, uh, the person in charge of uh, elections. What's the title, Jeff? Um, of each state, the person that oversees the election. Is it registrar? No, no, it's not to register. I can't think of a name. Uh, every state has its elected. In Arizona, it's the second highest position after governor. Um, I, I can't think of the name of it. But well, anyhow, let me he, just say that this state is came out, a cowboy came, state, and it's very... Uh-oh, uh-oh, hold on. Context. Hold on. We, we've got, do we have dead radio again? 
No, it looks good. Uh, they're all saying, this is so weird. It's showing di- radio out. Radio I'm, in I'm, out. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm showing it's on. This is so weird. Sound down. Damn you. <laughs> well, if it doesn't come back, we're going to have to end the show. Like this, this is ridiculous. It's actually showing it's connected to me. Okay, it's, it's back. I, it's oh, so I weird. I don't know why this is happening either. This is really bothering me. Anyway, people, uh, sorry for the little outage here. This, uh, for some reason, it just uh, drops. Is causing it? No, that's what bothers me. I'm going to have to try to look into this and see. If, but I may not be able to figure it out. But uh, uh, hopefully, if it's something I can't figure out, it'll just be tonight. And uh, it's nothing I'm doing. I'm not pressing anything. It's just, and in fact, on my side, it showed it was still connected. So uh, I hope everybody, if everybody can still hear me, uh, please let me know in the chat room, and we'll quickly finish out the show. I, I, I think everybody or most people are reconnected. And I anyway, what I'm saying is in Arizona made national news this past weekend because the uh, election chief of the state of Arizona stated that if the state of Hawaii, and again, they're on some kind of, uh, they believe in some sort of controversy where they have come out adamantly and said that they do not believe, and they've gone on record, that Obama was born in the United States. And oh, they, God, not this argument. Yeah, I know, I know. And they, and they threatened Arizona to withhold his name from being on the November ballot until the state of Hawaii sends them what, what they consider uh, actual proof and not just some certified birth certificate that he was actually born. This uh, ACC does not surprise me for this state. It is a, such a backward state politically. And really anyone who is uh, interested in this birthing issue uh, get a fucking life. Really, honestly, it's it's so stupid. They issue a birth certificate that is um, uh, it's different from other states, and everybody who was ever born in Hawaii has a birth a birth certificate that is similar to this. It's different from what you would get in Washington D.C. It's different from what you'd get in in any other state, but it's legitimate. And anybody who's questioning it has got to be just like. Uh, I mean, can you find something better yeah, well, to complain yeah, I'm, about? I'm not even an Obama supporter, but I, I've never thought this had any validity. It always seems it's, stupid to me. I, there's yeah. so many other things to pay attention to, so I just can't believe that anybody would be concentrating on that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's the story, and uh, it's unfortunate that uh, uh, it's a step back, I think, for online poker, and uh, who knows when we'll see the legality. And believe and me, it's it, very di- disappointing to me because I, I've been patiently waiting to be able to play like decent limits of online poker against a lot of opponents to where I'd have a, a, a high expectation. Right now I'm playing, you know, kind of low mid limit games against a lot of good players and, you know, I, I'm winning but not all that much and it, it sucks. So you know, it really does seem like and I know it's cliche, but every time we, we take one step forward, it's literally like within a matter of days or even weeks, two steps back. Yeah. You know, every time we really get good news and we think that something is near on the horizon uh, just it, it, it evaporates and loses momentum right away. Anyway, before we go, Vowels, the, the chat is requesting that you announce the first official annual PFA free roll, free, free roll winner. Do you want to go ahead and do that? He wants to hear his name. Oh, okay, please. Um, uh, I, I don't have the information in front of me, but I would love to do that. It was a Ray Bitar coin. But, but is it uh, a play... In any way on Bitcoin? It is, yes. It's, a, it it's is. Ray Bit R coin. Okay. Uh, 
congratulations to our winner, Ray Bitarcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is he a legitimate? Uh, well, we'll be finding out soon. Site? He's not going to get fifty dollars of my Jew money until he. Uh, <laughs> or, sorry, thirty-five dollars of my Jew money uh, until uh, he proves it. Tell me, how is always fifty dollars drop dating back to two thousand? Well, this time it was my choice. Fifty dollars. Do you want to back? This time it was my choice. This time it was my choice to break two hundred dollars into four parts of fifty. But yeah, it always does end up uh, fifty dollars. So there was a request for a uh, bowels dirty questions segment, and I'm not sure what the dirty questions uh, entail, but it has something to do with ass to mouth. That's all I know. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll visit that next time. We'll definitely have some discussion over the next week on our forum about. Other segments we could have, including ones that have to do with you that might have that sort of content to it. Uh, I'd like to thank my two co-hosts, Brandon and Angel, for no. coming onto the show. I, I, think I guess the question is, since this was a pilot episode, and you are the owner and, I guess, the network, are you picking up the pilot? <laughs> I just got some news here about that, uh, about the pilot, whether we... Do pick this up, and let me open up the envelope here. You know the Patch Sajak show back in the late 80s was canceled after three episodes. That's true, so picking up the pilot doesn't necessarily mean that much, but let's see here. Okay, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Good news, the network has told me that despite the many technical failures and the sound problems of the beginning... That they are willing to give the show a chance, and 13 episodes have been ordered. And what was your feeling about uh, some of the bowel talk and whatnot? Was that offensive to the network executives? The network executives said that the standards committee is going to have to look into that, but uh, at the moment they're going to air it as is. Okay, well, we got a 13-episode order, guys. Now, apparently there's going to be a lawsuit against the network and this show for stealing the end song from all the families, but... Uh, yeah. Sure there is a sort of lawsuit in the works Yeah, but, uh, you know, the good thing is I actually uh, have a lawyer on call, as people know, so at least I'm all ready for this lawsuit against me. So, anyway, uh, thank you for listening to the pilot episode of Poker Fraud Alert Radio. We didn't talk about the Venetian, but I promised me, uh, Bukowski, I would tell everyone that the Venetian is in a downward, downward spiral. We'll get to that next week. Yeah, we will get to that next week, and uh, we'll get to the Iceman next week, uh, Jenny Anderson next week. Uh, I'll try to get Ken Scaler to make a call into the show next week, and uh, we didn't get to take any listener phone calls. I actually got some calls from uh, what appeared to be Slim T at the very end, but we were so out of time, uh, we couldn't start with that, so if uh, you wanted to call in, just next week we will make time for that, because we won't have this uh, three-hour limit on us, and we can do everything we want to do, and I hate operating on a time limit, but uh, that's no longer... Of course, the uh, detailed description of how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And Good night. This will be in the I- the archives. And how do we end? I don't know. You do it, yeah, Brandon. I mean, it's vowels. What do you think? We have to kind of. We'll 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 get together know. and we'll brainstorm. Okay. But I mean, like right now, what are we like? It's kind of awkward. You know what I mean? Like we don't know how to say goodbye now. So we just. I was just gonna say goodbye and shut it off, but now you uh, <laughs> you made a whole speech out <laughs> of it. Oh, I know. Um. I think, well, could we have a different song as we play out? I mean, this. Can we do this to Okay, yes. Let's have a Jew send off. Oh.
Like a shalom, maybe? I, I, shalom. I like it. Okay, we'll just do one shalom on the count of three with the Jew music in the background. Well, I, you know, I lost <laughs> it. Let me, let me get the Jew music again. I, I lost the Jew music. Uh, this is, again, all too familiar with the sound clips. It's like deja vu all over again. Yeah. I mean, come on. I need sound. We have radio tech. It's going out. Can't work for two fellas. Oh, my God. It, wa- it wants to uh, play an advertisement now. we got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting it. I got this on YouTube, and it's like... It's the like obvious YouTube bar mitzvah video. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's trying to make you watch an advertisement. He's going to hit play, and it's going to be like an advertisement for like a like a 2012 Honda Civic or something. <laughs> what a failure. Okay, here we go. Those are pirates. All this for a shalom, really? Like, seriously? There we go. Everybody ready? Everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Shalom.